to talk with you about Dada. Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. The sound of A is in the air. And never more so than this week, whenever we're talking about the man who created the sound of A, Alice Cooper, the megalomaniac. Alice Cooper. This week we are talking about what I think is my favorite Alice Cooper album of all time, Dada. As I played earlier uh, for Brandon, I found this little random clip, and this is what we're going to do today. Hi, I'm Professor Betty Brown, and I want to talk with you about Dada. Surely the most fun <laughs> art movie. Dada. We are going to talk about Dada. And with me is the biggest Alice Cooper fan I know, Brandon in Kentucky. Brandon, thank you for being here. Hello, Steve. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and... When I say the biggest Alice Cooper fan I know, let me just start off with one question for you, Brandon. Will you please tell me the names of your children? <laughs> so I have uh, I have four. I have uh, Austin. Um, he's my oldest. And then I have uh, Alice and Allison. But <laughs> uh, yeah, she was. So I tell my uh, for my my parents and stuff like that and my uh, ex-wife it was she knew but my great-grandmother on my mother's side was named alice and so i tell people that's who i named her after but uh, by the end of this you'll know uh, you <laughs> we know, know i'm going with that uh then i have noah and i think uh, another fella on here currently has a son yeah. with the same name and Absolutely. then uh, my youngest uh is named cooper and yeah. uh 100 yeah, where those names came from uh, yes. alice and, and cooper yeah so Obviously, you know, if you didn't listen to the Waffle Zone that we did, Brandon was the very first installment of Iron Maiden stories. So as you hear this, we'll be getting installment 50 in like two weeks, I think. And it never seems like a lot to me until I, like I said, until I talked to you recently and we were on the phone and I was just like, yeah, man, I've almost done 50 of them. And, and I just thought, wow. This is the first one, and now I'm almost on fifty. It never seems like very many because they just—it's just you know—you're living your life and you're just doing what you do. And and then I thought, wow, fifty of them really seems like a lot now. And now that I think about it, now that you're on here, so it's really really cool to have you back. As I talked to Matt about it, and he's just like, yeah, it'll be kind of cool to it'll be cool to hear from you know 
someone that was on so long ago at this point, you know, the, the very infancy of my podcast, really. So, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Stephen. It's been uh, exciting. Uh, I really, for what it's worth, appreciate what you do. I know you have a, a regular a day job and uh, oh, sure. a busy life, and you have some awesome co-hosts now. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's a ple- it's a pleasure to tune in. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 hit the small time they say. <laughs> <laughs> for but, now um, baby steps right baby yeah steps. hey there's a, there's a phrase i told someone the other day you, got, you gotta crawl where you can walk <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know i'm still crawling so um but you know i had to i told brandon you know when i'm gonna want to talk about it, this alice cooper album da da I have nobody else that I could pick because you're the biggest Alice Cooper fan I know. You know, we both love Alice Cooper. We've talked about Alice Cooper. And I thought, you know, other than, and I did tell Brandon, I had one other choice, but um, Vincent Fernier isn't returning my messages. So I, I assume he <laughs> might be busy. I don't know. So, but I thought I'll get the next best thing and I'll go with uh, one of his devoid. De- Devoted, I'm gonna see if I can say that right. Devoted fans, you know, one of long time loyal. That's what I want to say. Loyal, devoted. I said devoil. So, but yeah. So, if you will, Brandon, before we get into this album, will you kind of just share your history of how you got into Alice Cooper and how you've went through the years with him? Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. I guess it was, uh, let's see, 19. Uh, 86. Uh, I was 14 years old. Um, so I'm sorry, before that, I can remember as a kid, and I'm not sure the exact year that it came, I guess it was in the late 70s, but I had seen him on the uh, Muppet Show. Okay. Uh, which it came out, I, I came on, I, I think it was Saturday nights back then, maybe. I can't remember. Um, I was at my great grandparents' house where um, I was actually that I was, uh, her name was Alice, oddly enough. And uh, oh, yeah. I remember uh, it's like right around the same time she would watch like Lawrence Welk and uh, <laughs> those, those kind of shows. It was a little boring. And it's back in the days where you had the floor model TVs, you know, one TV in the house and sure. so forth. And uh, we would, we would get to watch the Muppet show. And um, I remember it, it, it really, it kind of spooked me out. It, there was some tongue in cheek humor. It was, it was spooky. Oh yeah. Uh, it was scary, but it was just, it was mysterious. I didn't know what this guy was about. And, yeah. uh, so 1984, uh, I'm sorry, 1986, uh, roughly, uh, my brother, uh, was in a program. Um, you guys may have down there. I think it's a nationwide, the big brothers, big sisters program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So years ago he had a, a big brother, um, and, uh, he took us on a trip to Chicago and, uh, we went to see, um, uh, soldier field. We seen the, the Cubs play a doubleheader against St. Louis and, uh, seen Jordan play against Isaiah Thomas, the Pippen, uh, the, Dang. Uh, Detroit Pistons. Yeah. I didn't realize at the time. Sure. I mean, I knew that what I was seeing, but I really didn't realize what was how it was going to kind of change and shape my future i'm a huge cubs bears yeah. bulls fan now but anyway um we went to a little uh, record store on the corner uh his big brother was into uh uh a, a lot of music like a uh, seals and cross and uh, crosby stills and nash and uh, some older yeah. uh like 70s rock and uh, so listening to that kind of stuff, um, he took us into a record store. It was Peaches Record Store, and it was kind of close to downtown Chicago. And it was on the corner. And I remember it being this huge, iconic uh, uh, record store, and it was packed. And ended up, I ran across uh, a, a cassette, uh, and it was, of course, Alice Cooper. I'm, I'm just looking at all of his, uh, the covers of all of his records, and up to that point, mm-hmm. um, you know, he didn't have any of his uh, 
rock and hair metal stuff out yet. You know, I'm a young teen and, uh, yeah. uh, long story short, it was probably, I guess about, uh, Dada was probably the last album that uh, the, the most current album, uh, that had been released at that time. Um, I guess Constrictor was coming and I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that yet. Sure. Um, but with that being said, um, I got on, I, I kind of went with, uh, the, the kookiest cover or the one that reminded me of that Muppet show episode and it ended up being, uh, the live album, the Alice Cooper show, okay. um, with him on the cover and the, the Cyclops, uh, holding them and, uh, which I always, you know, at that time wondered how in the world did he, you know, do that. And, uh, I started noticing some of his stage antics by listening to that. Um, I can remember driving back from Chicago, riding in the back seat and just listening to that on my Sony Walkman over and over and over. <laughs> and uh, those songs before I had heard a lot of songs of him played from the uh, studio uh, on records. I heard the first time live. So okay. once I heard those, you know, on albums and stuff, it was different because, you know, the live versions were a little bit different. You know, he changed up some of the lyrics and things. And uh, okay. uh, so to be honest from there, uh i was hooked um so i'm in high school and back in kentucky and i'll never forget i don't know why i remember this as clear as day but we were walking out of school one day and i can remember the room i was by exactly where i was in the parking lot and this guy ran up behind me and he showed me I, it was either like rip or hit parade or magazine you remember those oh yeah um it, yeah he had one of those uh um and it had uh the cover of constrictor and I uh, said, he's coming with a new album. And I, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, no way, you know, uh -huh. um, in the, in the period before, um, Constrictor was released. And, uh, I, I wanted to go see him back then. I can't remember exactly why I did not get to, but, um, I had seen Dada at a, uh, yard sale oh, and wow. I picked up, yeah, I, I knew what I had back then. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was some other albums, like there was a UFO album, I think maybe Fleetwood Mac. And uh, anyway, I had taken that home, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that later. But it was it was just different from three years later when he released Constrictor. What a complete uh, different oh, yeah. sound um, and everything. But um, so there, you know, back this is before the internet and everything. So. Um, I wasn't really familiar. I had no clue as far as like pretties for you, easy action, any of those even existed. Uh, I knew, you know, schools out, uh, 18, uh, hello, hooray, things like that from mm -hmm. like Alice Cooper's greatest hits. I remember coming back to Kentucky and, uh, you know, maybe a few months later going and, uh, getting, uh, Alice Cooper's greatest hits. Yeah. And, uh, I, I couldn't, so that turned me on to a lot more of, you know, there was uh, like teenage lament 74 and be my lover stuff that I just didn't realize was, like this is the same guy you know that's putting out this um you know uh teenage frankenstein yeah and uh, he's back the man, the man behind the mask which is you know at that time the 80s uh metal movement was huge and that's when kip winger was in the band and mm -hmm. kane roberts and just gave him it was kind of like the michael anthony in van halen it just gave him that album you can hear wingers vocals all over that you know it's like a, it's kind of a signature sound for that time yeah but um along the way uh I, I learned more about him. Um, I remember in, I guess in the early two thousands, the insane clown posse, I was on vacation um, <laughs> somewhere. And I remember reading an, an article in a paper and the insane clown posse had had him. He did some kind of uh, spoken word intro or something for one of their albums. Right. I've heard about uh, that. Yeah. And not knowing kind of what they, you know, it was, uh, 
so I, I noticed that his stance as far as his religious beliefs and things had uh, he had kind of changed. And then so I started looking into uh, reading about him going into the rehabs and the different stance, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and with substance abuse and things. And so it really as I got older, I outgrew or so, I, you know, the society and things kind of tell you, you know, hey, you got to be a dad and a, and a sure. husband and you can't listen to that stuff anymore. You know, it's not acceptable to. But he always had a way of uh, growing and developing and writing stories. And he would, uh, you know, even like trash and, um, Hey, stupid had some, you know, pretty good, uh, even dragon town and some of those albums had really good, uh, stories and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, anti-drugs and anti-suicide and things like that. So there's always been a, um, uh, uh, an appeal there with, with uncle Alice that is, um, this is deeper. He's just one of the best, uh, song uh, writers and storytellers is the way he delivers it um just always intrigued me and i've always looked for the deeper layers of uh what the songs you know some of them um are just you know kooky uh songs i love america type stuff sure. you know but uh there's uh there's always interesting stories in there and it's um you can still like this record we'll be talking about there's just so much to digest even if you step away from it for a time absolutely uh and since then, I've seen, so this year will be, um, if I'm counting right, Steve, will be 16th, 17th show that I'll see him. And maybe 18th. Um, he's coming in May. I'm actually get to take all four of my kids. And That's a awesome. friend of mine. Yeah, this is the first time my daughter's been. So he's 75. We're all going to go see him in May. And then um, in August, he's coming with uh, Def Leppard and Motley Crue, if Motley Crue is still a thing. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> At that point, yeah, and then they just announced that they added dates to the with the Rob Zombie and uh, him coming with a filter and uh, somebody else, but they're coming to Cincinnati. So I'm probably going to get to see them three times this year. And, uh, nice. Yeah, it may be the same show and the same set list, but set list, but uh, yeah, uh, several shows. He's by far the artist I've seen more than uh, anybody else. Well, and he's your all time favorite, so. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, all my kids, they, they enjoy him. They love him. They know my, uh, you know, they, all of us at my daughter, all my boys, um, they're familiar with a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. I was sharing with you earlier, some stories about some of the stuff they hear, some of the older stuff. They're kind of surprised because there's such an array of, uh, yeah. you know, sounds and he's adapted to the times, uh, oh, most yeah. of the way. He's, he's, a, I think he's a little bit, he's a chameleon. Like he, if he likes something, or whatever's popular, he's going to adapt and he's going to try. Like what he, I, you know, I don't know if you watched that whole documentary that I sent you the other day, but there's a part where he says, when I came back in 86, I was like, I'm going to join this and I'm going to eat these people alive. You know, I'm just oh, going to, yeah. and, and he has that mentality. And I mean, that's the kind of mentality it takes to be able to go from, you know, near death in 1983, you know, to come back and be just, I don't know that I've ever watched the full concert. I think I've watched it once, uh, the uh, the Halloween show from the Constrictor tour. But oh, yes. he says, you know, that was opening night for me. I played in Detroit, at, you know, to a big arena, like Joe Lewis Arena, which is, I believe, where they had the basketball games. And yep. he's like, I played it, sold the place out. And he said, I was so nervous before I went on stage. I was like, I've never played Alice as a sober man. And he said, I don't know what's going to happen when I get up, when I walk out there. And he said, I walked out there and Alice showed up, you know? And so it's like, it's really, he said, then I realized I could be Vince off stage and I can be Alice on stage. And he said, Alice doesn't want to be married and live in a house and raise kids. 
Vince can do that. <laughs> Alice doesn't want that. I was like, when he, the way he just ex- explains it, it's really, it's really cool that he's come to you know grips and it took him almost you know losing his marriage, losing his life to figure it all Very out. But yes, um, for me, uh, as far as getting into Alice Cooper, it's a little similar to you, but I don't remember seeing them on the Muppets. If I did see that episode, I don't, it, I don't recall it. But I remember eighty six. There was a, you know, back in the day when we used to, I believe it was, uh, what was it? Um, Jason lives. Maybe it was a hot, it was a Friday the 13th movie. And yeah. you know, back then you went and saw them all, or you'd rent them all at the uh, video store or whatever. And I remember my cousin had constrictor. I don't know if it was on vinyl or cassette, whatever it was. And because he's back, the man behind the mask was in that movie that's what i heard that's the first thing i ever heard by alice cooper and i remember thinking you know and you listen to it it's honestly a it's 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 not constrictor it's not teenage frankenstein or thrill you know or uh thrill my gorilla type it's it's almost closer to the stuff he did on Dada and like zipper catch a skin and that kind of stuff. It's got more of a new wave, a little bit of a vibe to it, you know, bump, 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 you know, kind of thing. So, but man, you know, it's just a cool song. Cause it's about the lyrics are cool. You know, the story is cool and you don't care if the music's a little corny because the story is cool. And yes. I, I remember just thinking that, you know, if you see him come and get away, if you can just keep on running, he's a dangerous man. And he's out. I just remember that line. And he's out tonight. And he's watching you. And he knows your house. And then you're, chee, 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 ha, ha. no, don't yes. turn out the lights. And I mean, it's just, oh god, he's just a great storyteller, like you said. He he. Every song is a story, you know. And sometimes a whole album is a story. He interweaves it all, but. Man, uh, yeah, so that was the first thing I heard. And I remember seeing the cover, and it looked like a snake was going into his mouth and leaving his mouth. It looked like it was, you know, so I remember thinking, or, you know, whatever. But I just thought, wow, that's really wild. And I remember hearing the the album and thinking, I wasn't, like, over the moon about it. You know, like, uh, Teenage Frankenstein's the one song that I kind of, you know, life in the death of the party, you know, kind of. Yes. Going back, you know, I've went back and listened to it a little bit here and there. It's not a favorite, but I definitely appreciate it. And, um, you know, so from there, I remember getting uh, uh, Raise Your Fist and Yell, the next album, which is part of his two-album cycle there, because I believe the next one was the next one Trash. Yeah, the next one would have been Trash. And I was out on trash. I did not like the over Bon Jovi-ish. He he went a little too far, in my opinion, on that album. That's probably my least favorite album by him as far as in his solo career. Well, definitely in his solo career. That's my least favorite. I just, like, Poison's okay. I get it. It's a nice song. It, It did wonders for him. I get that. But that album is, you know, it's just too, it's too, it's like Kiss lyrics almost by Alice Cooper. And I'm like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, over-sexualized Alice Cooper lyrics. And I'm like, a little bit here and there works, you know, like a sex, death, and money works. But yeah, that doesn't work for me. So, but man, Hey Stupid came out and I remember getting back into Hey Stupid. I was telling the story the other day to somebody of going and he was on Operation Rock and Roll with Judas Priest, Metal Church, Dangerous Toys, and Motorhead. 
And awesome. we went into that show and we got there. We knew the venue. We got in there. We saw, I, I was like, man, there's no security in here. Let's go up and let's, you want to just go up and sit as close as we can until we get kicked out. And he's like, yeah. So we went up, ended up on <laughs> sec, second row dead center. And this is before wow. this is before there was a big eight foot barrier between the artist and the stage, you know, and then the first row. This is, you know, the first row was maybe three feet away from the edge of the stage. And so we sat there. Nobody showed up for Metal Church. Nobody showed up, you know, for their seats, for Dangerous Toys, Motorhead. Alice Cooper comes on. I'm second row dead center watching Alice Cooper in 1991 on the Hey, Stup- hey Stupid tour. So I have wow. no recollection of it. You know, and of course, Judas Priest was following, and I remember them pretty well. But um, it, it was an amazing show. You know, I mean, I so I saw that. And then, you know, I think the next album he didn't put out for a while was The Last Temptation. I didn't ever hear that when it came out. But, and so I was, I was kind of off and on throughout, all, like, say, 86 to 91. I was off and on. I wasn't like a huge fan, but I liked them. You say, so fast forward till 2000. Whenever, um, whenever, uh, brutal planet comes out and mm-hmm. I'm in the different phase of life. And I remember being somewhere and hearing a song, or I think I saw brutal planet and I was like, Oh, you know, Alice Cooper's a Christian guy. Now let's see what he sounds like, you know? Cause he had kind of, that's kind of what the last temptation album was about that I had read. So I thought, let me check it out. And I'm telling you, when Brutal Planet starts, I was just like, oh, my God, this sounds amazing. It's heavy. And, you know, of course, Alice Cooper's lyrics and stuff. And, you know, I think he said what? Did he say Somewhere in the Jungle was the scariest song he'd ever written? Uh, No, no, no. No, Pick Up the Bones was the scariest song. He said that was the scariest song he'd ever written. He said, because it was real. It wasn't a made up story. And, um, but I loved that album. And I mean, that's when I was like hook, line and sinker on Alice Cooper. Then Dragon Town came out, man. I was like, oh my gosh, he's still doing the heavy. Amazing. I loved that one. The next album came out, which was the eyes of Alice Cooper. And that was a complete 180 musically. It was what they refer to as garage rock. Oh yeah. When I heard that album, I tell you what, Brandon, I listened to it. I don't even think I made it one. listen, I turned it off and I was like, not for me. Turned yep. it off, put it up for it. And, and that, and I don't know, remember what year that was, but I didn't play that album again for probably five years. I just really? completely, completely was like, I'm done with Alice Cooper. And I wow. remember, I remember, I had a job that I had to drive like forty-five minutes to get to work, and um, I remember getting. I remember one day I just managed to go and and grab that album. I was like, you know what? Let me grab this Eyes of Alice Cooper. I got, you know, I got time. Let me just listen to something I haven't listened to in a while. You know, kind of, you know, I'm dumb like that. Where I'll hear it, and I, I love an artist. I, I, and all of a sudden, I just, I'm like, you can't even give them that much of a chance. I mean, come on. So. Sure. I, I went and I played that album that night in my car. And I just remember thinking, how stupid have I been? This album <laughs> is amazing. You know, I've got it. I've got it pulled up in front of me. You know, it's got songs like, uh, you know, what do you want from me? Man of the year is awesome. Um, That's a good one. 
Spirit's like, Rebellious is awesome. This House is Haunted is just like one of the creepiest, most amazing songs. I couldn't believe it when I made it. It's a scary song. Alice I forgot Cooper, about This House is Haunted. I forgot all about that he one. He does scary songs so well. He um, does. Love Should Never Feel Like This. What an amazing, just goofy take on a love song. So great. Uh, I'm great. So Angry in Backyard Brawl. I love that album. And I mean, I can remember thinking, I can't believe... And this is when I ch- made a change in what I, how I was as a music listener. I, I can't believe I went this long and never tried this album again. This is an artist I love, and I waited five years to play an album. And in the meantime, he put out Dirty Diamonds, and I think the next thing that was going to come out was um, uh, the second Welcome to My Nightmare. You know, I think Along Came a Spider. Oh, yeah, that's right. Along Came a Spider was before that, yeah. Which along came a spider, I will admit. That's not a favorite of mine either. I think it's a great idea, but it wasn't the best executed idea he had. Was it? It was it's almost a little it, it felt a little forced at the time. Yeah. I'll get sidetracked, but it did. It felt a little forced. It's not one of my favorites, but yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, there's there's a couple of bits that are cool, but yeah, I don't overall it's just I don't know, man. It's just it, it, I don't know, man. I hate I hate it because it's like it's a cool idea for a full album, but but yeah, it just didn't work for so. me. Oop. Sorry, I hit the button. Oh, let me get off. I keep hitting buttons. Um, that's uh, Jesse. That's off of Dirty Diamonds right there, right? No, that was Isaac Alza Cooper. I still have it pulled up. Okay. All right. All right. I, was saying, I, I was, know that uh, I think it was Love Should Never Feel Like This. But, All right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, but I missed those albums. And then when the Welcome to My Nightmare album came out, I just went and got it. And you know, it's funny because Welcome to My Nightmare is technically the second part two. <laughs> of Welcome to My Nightmare because Goes to Hell was the original. It was the sequel. Yes. So this is the second sequel. So it's kind of funny yes. that he did two, you know. But that album, when I got into it, like my daughter loves that album. Consequently, earlier, my daughter, who, who's been blasting and singing Taylor Swift songs all day to my, you know, <laughs> a little bit of disgust. When I told her that we were doing an Alice Cooper episode, she goes, "You're doing an Alice Cooper episode?" Awesome. And i i had um I had that the Da Da album, you know, on vinyl in front of me because I was I told you when I was looking through it, I was like, "Let me see who plays on the songs. Let me I'm gonna get my stuff from the liner notes if it's there. You know, there's other facts on Wikipedia that you can get, but so I pulled everything off of there and I, I go, "No, we're doing this album." And I showed it to her, and she's like, "She's probably." She knows, I know she's heard some of it, but she's not like, she loves Welcome to My Nightmare, the second one. We went to a concert a month ago in Austin, and on the way back, she goes, can we listen to Alice Cooper? And so I was playing um, a different Alice Cooper album. I think I was playing um, The Eyes of Alice Cooper. I was playing a few songs. She goes, no, I want to listen to that, Welcome to My Nightmare. And I'm just like, come on, man. I, I uh so I finally just turned it on and we played, you know, we skipped through a little bit of the album because there's a couple songs I don't like as much on there. And, um, but man, we just listened. She loves like, you know, what baby wants, baby gets, and I am made of you. And we just love so many of those songs. And so we just, that's a guilty pleasure of mine. The one with Kesha, what baby wants. Oh, it's a great, it's a great song, man. It's yeah, just, if you ever heard him interview, he, he mentions that when he, she had her, have you ever heard anything where he has her come in and she brings in her lyrics, he asked her to write, you know, obviously some of the song. Yeah. And he said he had to ask her to tone it way back. She came really? in with like some, oh yeah, some like 
I don't know. He, he didn't specify, you know, details as far as the original lyrics. But, you know, she says things like uh, drain your veins and bla- bathe in your blood. So I can't imagine it being more. <laughs> I know. More I know. That, I know. You know? He said she came with some full guns blazing. Yeah, it kind of freaked him out. <laughs> you know, on that on that next line when he says, "Honey, I've seen worse than you." What he was probably referring to is, "I've seen worse than you," and i.e. the lyrics you brought in originally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no you kidding. know, that was but, a fun album with "Bite Your Face Off" and all that. Yeah, but after that album, you know, I mean, he was fewer and farther between with albums. But I've I've gotten the ones that have come out since then. What, what was the next one? Was it a uh, uh, paranormal was after nightmare too is that, right golly man that's been when did paranormal come out I'm, i got it right uh, here Let me 17 see. i think 17 wasn't it golly man that's a big I think gap. There was like a six year yeah i know yeah. yeah and then after paranormal was uh the doubt da- detroit city which came out in the last what three maybe I think two it was or three 21 i think it was 21. okay so two years ago okay yeah. and then and then i don't know if you've heard but they're talking about he's supposed to be releasing another album this year so he has been saying for the last since COVID that he, or well, since like 21, early 21, that he was working on two albums. Okay. There was a, an Alice Cooper album. And then of course a Hollywood vampires album too, but that he had enough material to release like an old garage rock type of, I guess, IE, um, yeah. Detroit stories, paranormal type, and then more of the classic Cooper. So, Hey, at 75, I'll take as much as he wants to give us. Oh yeah. Until he decides yeah. to hang it up or. Yeah. That's going to be a, I keep thinking lately, uh, you know, I went to a funeral yesterday for someone we know. And, you know, when you go to a funeral, you kind of, it, it gives you a day or two or at least to just kind of think about your own mortality and things like that. And, but I, I think a lot about, um, the artists like Alice Cooper and Kiss and Blackie Lawless and Iron Maiden and just these guys that are very integral parts of my life and, you know, musically the soundtrack. And I'm like, what's going to happen when, you know, my cow from metal church when he went, it, it bothered me. I mean, it was, it, yes. it really did something. And so I'm like, what, what's it going to be like when it's an Alice Cooper or a Steve Harris or, you know, one of these guys that's just, and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not ready to find out, you know, I'm a, I'm a little, little nervous about something like that. And, you know, it's like these guys are getting up there in age, you know, it's coming. We know it's coming. And so, yeah, you'll take as much as you can get from these guys for sure. And, and, and Alice puts out just, you know, he puts out quality stuff like paranormal man is a really good album. It's a solid album. And like the dude's what 70 when he's making that album, maybe. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's it's still, like you said, it's still quality stuff with good guests and things on there. And, um, if you didn't know Cooper and you just decided to pick that album up, you know, and you're just a, a blues fan or a general, you know, rock fan or pop kind of fan you know contemporary it's it's a little bit of everything on there it's it's uh it's good stuff yeah and 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 his what i love is you know the other thing which is going to be talking about on dadas too is his lyric writing is as in his 70s he's still coming up with these just really amazing clever just witty off the wall lyrics that you think how does the dude keep coming up with it yes uh, yes it's it's uh you know it's um, I know he surrounds himself with a lot of good uh, sound uh, or songwriters and musicians, yeah. especially his, his band members and things. But yeah. to be his age and to still be as active and to still come up with the material he does is uh, yeah, he's one of a kind. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I guess we should go ahead and get into this album. We can sit here and gush on about Alice Cooper for probably another hour before we even get started, <laughs> you know, start talking, start talking about different albums again. And it's, which oh. is, which is fun, you know? So, but this is, I mean, for me, I 
don't recall when I found Dada because it's one of those completely under the radar albums. It's, you know, it got released, you know, of course I wasn't even into Kiss at that point, but it got released with little to no fanfare when it got released. Like we were talking earlier, there were no singles released in the United States for it. It was just an afterthought. It was a formerly Warner brothers records recording from all intents and purposes for Alice Cooper. They were like, we were just going to record whatever we wanted. They, we didn't care what they thought. And they obviously weren't really interested in us anymore because they had done, you know, zipper catch a skin and, um, Hold on, I got them right behind me, so I got to look at them. We got Zipper Catches Skin and uh, Special Forces, Flush the Fashion. Flush, uh, yeah. You know, they've done these albums that are, I'm sorry, you probably can't hear me, so I'm turned around. I'm looking at the albums behind me. I've got I've got all those albums that I bought recently. and But, you know, they did those, and none of those albums could have been doing well. You think Alice Cooper was sitting on top of the world when he did Welcome to My Nightmare and Goes to Hell. And, you know, just a few years later, I don't know if from the inside, if he was still at that pinnacle because he came out and his image was really changing then because he went from, you know, this dirty guy to clean and sober Alice Cooper. And he's on Hollywood squares now. And he's, you know, a little probably too much in the pop culture limelight for like a hardcore fan that would have gotten into him on, say, billion dollar babies or something. And, oh yeah, but you know, by the time this comes out, he is just an afterthought on everybody's radar. Like people, when he's selling out these concerts on the you know tours in '79, I mean, the, I, he wasn't even to, he didn't even tour this. He was barely able to make it through the recording of this, you know, in one piece. And um, but but so I, I wrote down some facts. You know, wait, wait, wait. But I don't remember when I found this album. I think I just randomly came across it at a CD used CD store one day and I saw it and you know, you could go up and put it in the CD player and play it and see what it sounded like, you know, some headphones on. And I remember going like, Oh, this is different. I'll get it. And, and, and just, so I don't remember when, but I just know that over the years, I just completely fall in love, fell in love with this album. So, so it, this album came out late in September, in uh, September of 83, September 28th. Um, it's got an interesting album cover and uh, did a little looking at it. And, you know, Alice Cooper was friends with Salvador Dali, who is a painter. And th- the type of painting he did was called, um, av- it was like avant-garde, but in this, it was a Dada, like Dadaism is, you know, whatever that means. And uh, I don't know enough about it, but there's a painting by Salvador Dali and it's titled, Slave Market with the Disappearing Bust of Voltaire. Uh, and it came out in 1940. <laughs> so 43 years later, uh, a, an artist named Glenn McKenzie uh, painted the cover that we see as Dada, which is very similar to that Salvador Dali picture. If you look at it, you can. there's a link on the Wikipedia page for it. Um, Alice Cooper has said, obviously, this was his blackout period where he doesn't remember making these albums. He doesn't remember touring the albums, which I think he only toured Special Forces because he did Zipper, Catches Skin, Special Forces, and Dada. And that's what he refers to as his blackout albums. And he said that he has no recollection recording it. 
Dick Wagner said that Alice Cooper was free basing cocaine while he was recording this album. Uh, so was uh, possibly Bob Ezrin. But Alice Cooper has since said that he had no idea what this album was about. And he said, it's the scariest album I've ever made. And for Alice Cooper to say that when he tries to be, yeah, he tried to be scary. And so he did as out of his mind as he was, he had to have been based on everything you've read. Have you ever seen the interview he did on Tom Snyder for special forces? I have not. It's the guy. It's the same guy that did the interview with Kiss when Ace. Yeah, I, I remember. It, I know Tom Snyder. Yeah, his talk show. He had a talk show for several years there. Yeah, and Alice. I mean, he. So loves, he's on that show. Is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes, on, on the Special okay. Forces tour, they do. They play about three songs. He gets interviewed, and he really? sounds. He sounds as coherent and normal as possible. He looks bizarre. But okay. yeah, you gotta find that. It's really good. I will. He has that sunken face and stuff. He's he looks yes. pretty bad there. For, yeah, he has for, he has a whole lot of makeup on. He just looks bad. It, yeah. But he sounds perfectly fine, you know. And but you know, he's like I'm. I'm sitting there watching that and thinking he seems coherent. He seems like he's there. How does he not remember this time? How could you go and remember? I don't even remember doing a talk show with a guy. I don't remember performing songs on a live TV show. It's just bizarre. But. I agree. So, so this is where Alice Cooper was at, just out of his mind. He's and and then tragically, in my opinion, none of these songs that we're going to talk about have ever been played live. You hear a snippet of Dada, the intro that's played before his show starts. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll hear it in the background when he's playing tons of different, you know, random songs, but you never have heard it live. Um, in the liner notes of this album, it says. For the most part, and this is a direct quote from the back of the album, for for the most part, the drums are not drums, but computer programs embellished with some live drumming. So on Formerly Warmer, Scarlet and Sheba, and Pass the Gun Around, uh, there's a guy that that obviously did the um, live drumming, and that was Richard Kolinka. And on the song Fresh Blood, there's a guy named John Anderson. I have found Richard Kolinka on Facebook. <laughs> uh, haven't found John Anderson. I may have found him, possibly. But he doesn't mention anything about playing with Alice Cooper. I can't find a bio on the guy. Nothing, so I'm not sure. But that's those are the two guys that actually played some live drumming. So four of the nine songs have some live drumming. If you don't count Dada. So four of the eight real songs. And then let's see. You have Alice Cooper on vocals, obviously. Dick Wagner plays guitars and all the bass, except on the song Fresh Blood. There's a guy named John Prakash that plays bass on that song. And I believe that he's the same guy that plays on some of the other albums in that time period. Um, Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And um, so that's all the liner notes I have for the album. There's just there's a lot of... A lot of stuff going on here. Um, I, I think the cover is pretty interesting. You know, you look at the back cover. Um, you flip over the back cover of the vinyl. I've got one in my hand right here. There's a locket, if you remember this, on the in the liner, you know, on the CD, even if you open it up or on the back. It shows a locket. 
and there's a crazy looking old man on one side. I, I do. He has the hair that's standing up on like yeah, on both sides. It, it reminds you. That. It reminds you of Grandpa Munster. You know, <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, and then on the left is a picture of Alice Cooper from obviously, you know, probably a real picture from when he was like a teenager. And yes. he just looks like a handsome young guy and he's holding a little puppy in his hands. And, um, he's, you know, and then on the front, you got the, uh, the interesting album cover, which the face, the two faces do look like Alice Cooper. Um, it's, it's hard to figure out what's going on, but definitely there's somebody with, looks like a whip in their hand. So it definitely has something to do with slaves. Yes. And, uh, oops, sorry. Uh, so, I just apologized to a piece of cardboard for bumping into it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but the album, I'll I'll talk about the album opener real quick and, and and I'll let you chime in here. Um, the album and I, and I wrote down who wrote all the songs too. Um, the album opener is not really a song. It's a, it was put together and written by Bob Ezrin, the, who produced the album. Shep Gordon is listed as the executive producer, uh, which I think is just a title. I think don't think it means anything. And the album opens with Sarah Ezrin, who is Bob's daughter. You know, she's the one that goes, da-da, which I'll have the music on here too. So the little da-da that you hear, da-da, is um, his daughter. And that word echoes throughout the song every now and then. It's definitely in step with, you know, you can kind of tap your foot along the beat and you can know right when it's going to happen. Um, there's eerie music. There's voices. Um, it sounds like there's a little dripping noise going on consistently. And it's just, it's a very eerie kind of dark vibe going on. I think it's really well done. Uh, then there's a conversation that comes in between, uh, I'm going to do air quotes, the dad in the story and his therapist, which is technically the dad is Alice Cooper and Bob Ezrin is the therapist and they're having a conversation. It's really creepy. I let my wife hear it. She said the guy, Alice Cooper sounds like he's just completely out of it. Like just spaced out gone. You know, there's a part where he's talking about, you know, tell me about your son. Yeah. My son, he takes care of me. He takes good care of me. She, she, she takes good care of me. And then he kind of stops. He goes, I have a daughter too. And the therapist is like, you don't have a daughter. Yeah, I have a son and a daughter. And it's just, you're like, man, this guy, it's creepy. It's like the beginning of a horror movie, you know, just something really, really, he sounds so out of it. Um, a guy, and I, I was thinking about it and I'm like, it's a, it sounds like a guy who's lost in his own mind, right? Like kind of mm-hmm. criminally insane. What, 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 like somebody on, um, on uh, from the inside, maybe right. So yes, sir, very much so. Yeah, and um, that's Millie and Billy. Is am I, am I right? Yeah, that's one of the yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, it and I think there's a story that kind of goes throughout the album. There's something that's trying to be put together here. Like Alice said, he doesn't even know what the story is. Um, Bob Ezrin told the story a little bit. You know, but it's kind of, there's a couple of two or three songs on here that I think have nothing to do with the story. So whatever that story may be, which I try to piece together a bits of here. So if you will, I know, cause I know you said when you first heard this album, you had different thoughts when you first heard it to where you are now. So what, before you go into Dada, what did you kind of, what was your, what's your story with Dada? 
when I when I first uh, heard it was such a um, it was so different uh, from what I had been used to hearing at the at the time when I very first heard this and picked that up at a yard sale. It had to be in the late eighties, mm-hmm. maybe early nineties. Um, okay. I had already I had already been exposed to you know I seen from back during. Keep in mind, like at that age, when I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, I had heard like Billion Dollar Babies, the album, and I wasn't really um, super. There was some great stuff on there. You know, Hello, Hooray, uh, No More Mr. Nice, Unfinished Sweets, one of my favorite Alice Cooper songs ever. Just that Dennis Trill. And that's just uh, it's a it's 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 a really good album. But at the time, I didn't appreciate it. And I but that was so different than what I had heard as opposed to Constrictor. And then, of course, Raise Your Fist. And then you go back to, and you were talking about trash. That was just kind of, um, you know, it, it's all in the title there as far yeah, as, exactly. you know, <laughs> if there could be uh, yeah. trash. But um, <laughs> so I didn't really, it was just to be honest with you, Uncle Steve, it was so different. It was so weird. Um, it was trying to take like a little bit of uh, kind of what I thought at the time was like a little new wave, maybe like a little D- Devo type sound, um, yeah. you know, and, and those days when we grew up on, you know, early MTV. Um, but I hadn't heard a whole lot of the, um, I had heard formerly warmer. That was one of the songs that really stuck to me because that was, um, like classic Alice Cooper, kind of like a, um, uh, Dwight Fry yeah. uh, type of, of vibe. You know, he's great at those, those scary yeah. horror songs, you know, and Steve and, and the awakening, things like that. Uh, the storytelling, um, fast forward all these years later. And, and when you had contacted me about this, I'll be honest, it was, probably in my bottom five of all yeah. of his albums. Yeah. I just really was not crazy about it at all. Okay. Okay. I just utilized the cough button there. So uh, okay. sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a, it, it's, I can't believe that I'm soon to be 51 years old and this uh, has completely flipped to in my top five. Uh, and it's, it's wow. getting better every week. Yeah. It's just, awesome. it's, I didn't realize I'm not, I'm not crazy about the production. You had talked about that remastered version too. I, I wasn't aware of. I, um, yeah, I didn't know anything about it till I was just recently reading and someone popped it up and said they're the remastered. I'm like, what orange yeah. vinyl remastered. They said, you got to hear it. If you, if they said, if you love this album, you'll really get it. And I'm like, Whoa, yes. so I, I have it sitting right behind me. I have a copy right behind me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't, I don't know if this is true, but I had seen just doing some, uh, reading some stuff about this uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago that um, someone said that this was the first Alice Cooper album to ever feature a barcode on it. Um, oh, so I don't know if that if that's true or not. And it's, yeah, just a small little tidbit of uh, maybe uh, yeah. useless uh, knowledge there, but I thought it was, it was interesting. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, um, and, and to be honest, the very first, it was weird because Alice Cooper doesn't have a lot of uh, instrumentals and, and stuff like that. So to hear the very first song on this yeah. album with the vinyl and the needle hit that it's like it's Alice Cooper's nowhere on that first uh, uh, song. Yeah. So it was, uh, or I mean, if he is, you know, he's, they're talking, but it's yeah, not like performance. Right. You know, right. And it, it, you know, back then it wasn't through headphones. It was on a grainy little record player. Maybe even the, the you remember the, uh, the TVs, the, the, uh, yeah. the big, huge four oh, yeah. models with the record player in the top, the eight yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. That's all in on. one. <laughs> yes. And so I had to listen, you know, when people weren't home because, you know, at, again, at that age, keep in mind, you know, remember the PMRC and all that stuff oh, was yeah. starting to ramp up. So my parents were like every other parent in, uh, you know, North America, uh, as far as that goes. And 
you know, kind of keeping an ear to the ground is what I was sure. listening to and uh, that stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, uh, uh, it's definitely um, one of those albums. And I, I don't mean to sound blasphemous or anything, but people talk about like the Bible and how you can read a passage of scripture and then years later read it again. And it could mean something completely different or right now, two different people could read it at the same time and it's alive and active. Yeah. And that's what I kind of like in this album too. It's like, it's changed. And so I can read, I can listen to it. And uh, and then go back and listen again, and it's like I hear more stuff. Like the that sound was driving me crazy this afternoon. That dada, whatever that dripping sound is, I just yeah. I was. And then the uh, what was the technology they used on this? It was pretty innovative. Ezrin used. Uh, um, oh, it was the that is like a CMI or something like that. It was a computer system that was a synthesizer built he, into he, it. And yeah, he says it here. He says, um, "I've got that written down." When he, it's where he talks about the drums. He says, uh, "Much of this album was done." Using the CMI Fairlight, yeah. uh, Fairlight computer, so and that's where he talks about the drums, and that's where I guess the drum sound came in too. Okay, yeah, it reminded me a little bit of uh, the production wise, and I know it's not the same, even a little bit, but for some reason, Saint Anger Metallica, the that drum, you know, everybody gripes about that mm-hmm. uh, Trash that can. Canned, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, that's kind of some of Dada to me has kind of that canned uh, drum feeling, but. uh I think a lot of these songs on here, Steve, to be honest, only only Alice Cooper could pull off. You know, if you put any other artist in oh, here yeah. with this, then uh, it, it wouldn't work. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a masterpiece that uh, is, is very overlooked. And I'm just I'm ashamed being a lifelong. Well, I've been a fan for 30 plus years. And yeah, um, I know about everything that you could probably know about the man and his career and. Uh, to not really appreciate this uh, along the way. And now, you know, kind of kicking myself in the butt, but hey, better late than never. But you know what? You, you never missed a tour for it. And because there never True. was one. And it, yes. it's, you mentioned earlier that it's like a brand new album for you, which is really cool. And, and, and I'll tell you this um, last uh, week, uh, I did an episode with uh, where we talked about ACDC, that Power Age album. And Matt told me he'd never ever listened to that album in his life, and he's a he's he's seen ACDC on every tour since '91. Wow. Well, then I'm telling you, you know, me and Matt talk a lot. Every day when I talk to him, he's texting me or saying something about that album. Like he's like, I can't believe that I've missed this for this long, and I'm so glad now that we did this. And that's how I'm making I'm feeling here is with you is I'm like. That's something I always wanted my podcast to do is help introduce people. And even if I'm introducing you to somebody you knew and you didn't appreciate him, and that's the way I was with that eyes, Alice Cooper. Cause it was yeah. like, I just sat, it wasn't quite as long, <laughs> but, um, but it was like, still <laughs> the fact of the matter is that I liked Alice Cooper. I got his new album and I hated it. And I wasn't willing to even listen to the whole thing once. Come on. And yeah, yeah. it's so cool that you have found this now and that you're like, because I remember we talked on the phone a month or so ago, and you were just like, when I heard you say it was your favorite Alice Cooper album, I was like, wait, yeah. I got to listen to this again. I got to at least try. And that's, yeah. a, I, that's the, I mean, I'm like that too. If someone says that and, and there's artists I don't like and people go on and on and on, I'm like, look, I at least got to try it because maybe I'm missing something. Sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. And this time you were. So I'm so glad to hear that you've had a turnaround on it. Though. That's awesome. Oh yeah. It's really, it's, it's growing. And it's, you know, it's something that, um, you know, driving a share with you about jobs and things and having a little bit of a commute, uh, for a few minutes, it's exciting to be able to listen to it over and over again and to hear, you know, even the small little things, um, 
you know, I'd listened to the, the first song, I don't know how many times that I did not catch that he says, you know, I have a son and a daughter. And then, it, you know, it took me a, a long daughter. time to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's neat. And then it's, so it just opens up so many, is, is it a concept album? Is it not? Is and what does this tie into? And just so many uh, plausible things that could uh, be happening here. And yeah. again, you think it's one thing, then it could be another. And there's uh, all kinds of stuff happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting, you know, getting more digging into it more this week and just uh, like, with the, like you kind of immersing yourself in something and then you really start thinking more about it. And then you think more about it and you think more about it. And then it's, it's kind of like, like when we had a conversation right before we recorded this about something that happened last week and I told you about something I had never done. And then I all of a sudden realized, Oh wait, this happened. Oh wait, this happened. And it's like, you start kind of yeah. giving yourself time with it and, and then you realize, wait, more happened than I realized. All right. I'm going to, let's see. I'm going to let you talk about enough's enough first. That's the second song. The first, first real song, I guess, even though Dada is like five minutes long. So it definitely gets its own thing. It's not like the Ides of March where it's a minute and 20 seconds, but um, enough's enough was written by Alice Cooper Dick Wagner, Bob Ezrin, and Graham Shaw. And I forgot to mention Graham Shaw at the beginning when I was naming all the instrumentalists. Um, Graham Shaw, and I'm looking off the album here, it says he plays OBX8 and then Roland Jupiter, an an OBX8 Roland Jupiter, I guess it's the keyboard, type of keyboard thing. And he does vocals. Uh, but that's Graham Shaw, so he is the other writer on on Enough's Enough. So Enough's 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 Enough. This year's been really, really rough. Hey, Dad, what you do with mother? Hey, Dad, why'd you hide your brother? enough's enough like obviously it's the first real kick in the album to get it going what do you think about it so this um when i when i yeah it, it when i first heard it um again when i'm re uh discovering this album a month or so ago and we had talked and i really you know started really diving into there and let me let me see what what i was missing because i knew that i would um catch some things that i didn't really fully appreciate 
uh, when I heard it prior. But uh, one thing that stuck out with this is, and I had to go back and look, but as far as I can think, I don't know. And there's some debate about, did he actually use the word? Like, you know what? I'm probably alluding go, to Yeah, here. go buck. And where, and yeah. Now I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say this. Um, when Dick Wagner was on that podcast that I mentioned, the Decibel Geek one, uh-huh. they actually said that. They said, he says, go, go buck and F and make a buck. And Dick, yep. and Dick Wagner says, no, no, no. It's go buck and buck and make a buck because he's a cowboy, right? Yep. yep. Go buck and buck. Yep. Now, I've looked online and the lyrics online usually will say that. But yes. I can tell you what, I can look right now. I didn't even do this on the album, but let me look at the album right now and I can tell you what it says on the album because the lyrics are printed on the back. Um, it says, uh, uh, let's see, I'm up to here with all your stuff. Hey, Dad, what'll happen now? Uh, go buck and buck and make a buck. That's what it says on the album. So we'll, I'm going to go with that as the official lyric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um. I had uh, so again re-listening to that. Um, it sounds you know, like I'm, it though. I will say it does sound like it. So and so a couple of things I had read, and I think maybe even uh, Wagner may have alluded to it. Um, that they were they were or maybe Ezrin or something, and maybe it was a print uh, that I had read, but um, that they were uh, pretty slick at how they um uh, did things with the uh the sound quality, and and they were kind of you know wanting to be risque and shooting for that, but that. Everybody that has said, and they even mentioned the liner notes, that it is technically, it is not, it is not a cuss word in there. But uh, it was just shocking to me. It's one of the first things that uh, yeah, uh, caught me. And, and so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it sticks with the, uh, the uh, his reputation of uh, somewhat keeping it clean, you know, if right. Uh, right. guillotines and dead babies is, is clean. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, at, at least it, it's... um. In a way, it's what I do on the podcast. I mean, we talk about all kinds of stuff and we allude to a lot of stuff, but we generally try to keep, like I said earlier, the word, you know, horse shite is, is maybe somewhere <laughs> else. That's a curse word, but I'm an American and so I can only go with what is a curse word for me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I had read, um, uh, some people had even thought that that was maybe, uh, the, uh, remember oh, what was his name? Uh, John Boyd in the midnight cowboy. Uh-huh. Um, and if they did use the F word there. That would, you know, he was telling his dad, that's what I was taking from this story. You know, dad's is, uh, dad's not the, uh, the nicest guy. Oh yeah. And, uh, so I'm wondering, uh, you know, I'm up to here with all your stuff. Yeah. And so is, is this, uh, this, this really had me wondering, is this a concept album, you know, with other, uh, without giving anything away. But, uh, like I said, a few minutes ago with the cowboy, um, it just, it makes me wonder, is this sunny? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I'm referring to. Um, oh yeah, and it, it's in the former Lee. Uh, uh, he's, he, you know, he tells Dad, you know, the hell with you. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. A lousy Dad, and it's like, wow, it's, it's it's pretty heavy. And he's talking to you know his mom. It still doesn't really ask her or answer. Where is mom? Yeah, um, you know she's dead, obviously. And he said, you know, she's laying there on the bed. I'm going to miss you. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't really say. You know, is his Dad responsible for this? Uh, is Dad, um, you know just didn't stop it or, you know, did he have an MO or ulterior motive? Sure. Um, yeah. yeah, it is definitely a classic Alice Cooper as far as uh, keeping you guessing and the whole, um, like, uh, uh, kind of, a uh, a, a middle finger to the, uh, to the system type of the lyrics, just the sure. way he, he writes. And, uh, you know, the, the, the teenage uh, angst, I'm 18, the way he, uh, and teenage Frankenstein, he's always appealed. So this, that's kind of the message that I got from this. 
and I'm imagining going back in 1983 and what was going on in, in the times, you know, with, uh, uh, I guess Reagan would have been back then. Or, yeah, I think uh, so. Maybe. Yeah. And uh, just everything that was the Berlin wall and things like that, that was going on in the world and uh, Gorbachev and all that. <laughs> and, uh, just wondering, you know, how a teenager, uh, you know, in that day and age would, would look at this and how it would appeal to them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Enough's enough. It's, you know, it kicks in really quick, you know, literally boom, enough, see enough, see enough, see enough. So it kicks in really quick with lyrics, which, you know, it's interesting, but, um, a lot of this, uh, I, I wrote down a lot of just notes. I'll kind of scroll through a little bit of my notes and just say what I, cause a lot of it has to do with the, with the, just the topic of the song, you know, it sounds mm-hmm. like this is coming, you know, in, in song number one, we have what we think is dad talking to a therapist and I have a, a whole theory at the end of here who who's doing what, but song number two, you know, and I'm thinking about it, this could either be, this could either be the, the dad while he's a son, while he's a kid, or it could be the son, you know, of the dad in, in the title track. But it sounds like it's from a, a son's point of view, you know, you know, what'd you do with mother? Why'd you hide your brother? Uh, it's obvious, you know, he doesn't like his dad very much. I think the music has a pretty, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, it's, it's leaving the new wave behind a little bit, but it still has elements of new wave in it, obviously. Um, uh, then there's a part, you know, obviously dad has money. I don't need your money, your position or your caddy, daddy. Um, there's a bit where he says, you know, when my mother died, she laid in bed and cried. I'm going to miss you. My brave little cowboy. I saw my father's smile, a smile. He tried to hide. He told me, son, I've really got you now, boy. Come on, little cowboy. You know, she's, she's mom is saying brave little cowboy. And he's dad saying, come on, little cowboy. Like kind of mockingly. Um, then he tells him, you know, go buck and buck and make a buck, you know, and then, you know, he's kind of, you know, and just kind of antagonizing the son, really. And he ultimately says, you know, he was, I just, I'm just going to tell you, you're a lousy dad to hell with you. Um, you know, it's a, it's a strange story, you know, cause the dad's being a lousy dad, obviously he's not upset that mom died. He might've even played a part in it. Um, he's got the brother up in the room. He's smiling when the mom dies sinisterly. You know, he's putting it to the kid. Get out and go do some work. And and ultimately, the kid's like, enough at the end, you know. Enough's 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 enough, you know. So, kid is fed up. So, um, that to me is part one. You know, actually part two because Dada is part one. Yes. So, part three uh, I feel like the story is still carrying on here when we get to the next track, which is called Former Lee Warmer, which is written by Alice Cooper, Dick Wagner, and Bob Ezrin.
this one first i think it's a very nice song it's got a real nice but kind of an ominous feel a little bit a little bit dark but a little bit more just um interesting it doesn't sound too scary yet you know but you know you know he starts almost whispering to you in an upstairs room under lock and key and this and this to me is dad talking it's my brother formerly um and his son already alluded to him in the other song. Why'd you hide your brother? You know, in an up and then here he says it in an upstairs room under lock and key. So that's got to be tied together. The mops and brooms keep him company. He's the misconceived of the family. Uh, and this guy's name is obviously you know formerly warmer, which is as we know is a play on words for formerly Warn- Warner. You know the record label he was on, and that was they were going to be done, and they. I think uh, I think uh, Wagner said they specifically came up with formerly warmer just as a you know as a dig at them a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Says he hides in his wrinkled bed. No dreams are going in or out of the hole in his wrinkled head. You know, um, interestingly, I, I I never really caught this before until today when I was thinking. Um, he says when I hear him play in his twisted key, and um, that's you know when he plays a certain way, the brother knows. I have to go up there and, you know, grab the key off the silver tray, you know, yes. but I, I love when he says, when I hear him play in his twisted key and there's like a trumpet sound playing along with it with like a trumpet, you know, it sounds, so, yes. I love that. It sounds so cool. Um, says, uh, you know, that's the way he calls to me with that. And he says, he's got an old smoking jacket. He's got holes in his satin sleeves. Uh, there's yellow stained ivory keys, so obviously his plays piano, and he's a smoker. Um, there's a really cool musical buildup that happens after that, a nice guitar solo from Dick Wagner. Uh, leads back to him being in an upstairs room. It's my brother, formerly. After all the... I love this part of the song. After all these years, I've never heard him speak. I wonder what he thinks of me. It says he peeks out the window when he feels really brave and he waves at his father out in the family grave. And so here's the part where it's interesting to me because as the album moves on, we find out something else, but he says he's flesh and blood to me. I love him brotherly, but I don't want to be 
formerly. So is it possible that the dad and the brother are the same person? I don't know. You know, it, it, because later on, it's possible, you know, there's definitely talk of multiple personalities going on. Yes. So, uh, Brandon, what do you think of formerly warmer? I think that the very beginning of it is classic Alice Cooper, just that creepy, uh, repetitive uh, uh, riff there, if you will, on the on the on the uh, synthesizer, whether that's, uh, you know, computerized or what it's uh it, it's infectious um yeah it uh it's uh it, it's classic alice cooper he's the he's the master of uh telling uh the scary songs you know the the horror themed uh yeah songs but i like when he, when he talks about the moths and the brooms keep him company mm-hmm. and then misconceived by the family just that I, I just always pictured in my head uh just seeing that and seeing him looking out this window yeah. into this family grave i've never thought about and even it says right here and i've you, you, i've missed it up until this point um when you're talking about i don't want to be formerly if they, if they were the same person yeah. that's uh that's, that, that's kind of floored me man i'm sitting there thinking about that like wow far that out. hit me today like i i read when i was reading it and i thought wow that i wonder if it's possible cuz there's the uh the you know there's the play on words in lots of places with Alice, you know, obviously. So who knows? Yeah. And I always wondered about the, the hole in his wrinkled head. I mean, I wonder if there was some sort of, uh, if he was just a, uh, if he was, um, you know, uh, misconceived as far as if he had a, a, a birth defect or if he yeah. had a, a lobotomy yeah, or uh, something along those lines. Um, and I didn't know if that was just, uh, you know, theoretically uh, he has a hole in his head where he's just, uh, you know, he doesn't speak. He's never heard him sure. speak. Yeah. Um, but, and obviously not, and I, and I, I know it's weird, but just the way my mind works, Steve, but how did he learn to play, um, you know, the piano? And when it does do that little trumpet sound, is that alluding to, he may, he, he plays, you know, trumpets, or another instrument as That's well. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought about, at first I thought that, but then I'm like, he says yellow stained ivory keys. So surely yeah. the, 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 the trumpet piano. sound was just a kind of, kind of you know the way iron maiden does a lot of that where they'll they'll do a harmony but the guitar plays along with the or the with the verse you know yes. with, while bruce is singing and thought maybe they did that for the same reason but that's a cool effect it is very cool effect really cool and you know and, and it's it, when i and i see this uh in, in my head but i've always made there is a youtube video i haven't seen it for years though that someone does an animation you may have seen oh. it it's an animated version of this where it's you know someone just does their uh no, I uh, haven't version seen that. Of what they see. Yeah, it's it's been for golly, probably ten years ago since I've seen it. But uh, uh, if you get a chance, you know, check that out. Oh, but it, yeah. it, it just it makes me wonder, you know, if there for a while when I was when I was listening to uh, Dada and it was talking about you have a son and you have a daughter, and then the play with the brother, you know, that just speaking from the dad's uh, point of view here, I, I, there for a while I was like, I wonder if if there's um if the, with the identity thing, if like mom was like just theoretically dead she wasn't really dead you know i thought was there a was there a gender change or something at one point you know alice cooper um ahead of his time with a lot of his stuff but um i I just uh, you know there was there's such a play in there and there's so much happening that uh i just wondered if there was already remember jesse jane i think it was on the eyes of alice cooper yeah absolutely um the ballad of jesse jane yeah that 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 kind of stuff you know and you remember back when they first got started and some of the uh, gender lines they would push with their stage attire and things like that. Oh, yeah. Just always, always made me wonder if there was something happening here that, um, you know, maybe he was going through 
at that time when writing this? And then was any of this um, like figures of speech towards uh, Warner Brothers? Oh yeah, I'm uh, sure. Know. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, like there's a bit of all, probably all of it missed, missed yeah. you know, in there. So like though, if I've never heard him speak, you know, if they were referring to a certain person, it's yeah. a shame that Wagner isn't still around. That's yeah. another. You know, I didn't realize Dick Wagner had passed either until you told me about that. Or yeah. I think you guys talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. Well, but this is uh, one of yeah. my. It's one of my top ten uh, as far as Alice Cooper songs all together. Um, and oh, it was always cool. one that I just selected out. You know, it, it took from this album and just just didn't give the album a, a fair chance. Sure, uh, sure. Up until until recently, so uh, yeah. And I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I did not realize for the longest time, probably till the last maybe six months, that the the uh, Warner Brothers tie in there. I just did not realize that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you mentioned saying you know the the uh, the kind of cross dress thing, which always went with Alice Cooper anyway. But you know, there's. The one uh, album I think it might be right one right before this where it has the I'm the prettiest cop on the block you know then oh, yeah. on, on Paranormal there's the song uh, I'm a I'm an I'm a all American girl or whatever it is you know it's, oh yeah yeah I forgot just, about that too it's so funny you know but yeah that's a it you know it almost makes you wonder is even is the mom you know I have a I have a son I have a daughter maybe the mom and the dad are both mind you know, things. It's something in the kids. I have a interesting theory at the very end that goes along with it kind of in the mind. So we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there though. All right. So, Got you, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So, so track number four is, um, no man's land, which was written by Alice Cooper, Dick Wagner and Bob Ezrin. I got a job in Atlanta in a mall playing Santa, not because of any talent, but because I was the only one to see Shopping little sticky kids were hopping on my lap with the fingers in my beard. I guess they thought that I was really it. She sat down on my lap and said to me, I'm 23 and I need someone. You look like someone who can play with me. Stay with me, I'll stay with me. Cause I I'll let you uh, take this one first here, Brandon. I'm going to say that uh, I'm, 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 I have been bouncing back and forth in my head all day uh, <laughs> thinking about what I was going to say as far as this, but I believe that this may be my favorite song on the album. Really? Um, I know. Yeah. I know a lot of people uh, don't um, get it. And have you ever noticed, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but uh, bad Santa I have with uh, Billy Bob Thornton, man, it is, it's been a long time. But this, when I sat down today and was listening to this, maybe the second time through, it's almost a shot for shot uh, from that movie. And now I'm wondering if Billy Bob Thornton is an Alice Cooper fan because Interesting. this is, yeah, if you ever get a chance, man, it's a, it's a pretty, you don't want to watch, let the kids right. watch it. You know what I mean? But yeah, uh, yeah. it's, it's literally, it's the, it's the story. 
um, it, maybe it's just a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, a cliche type thing, but, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty descriptive as, oh, you know, all Alice Cooper stuff is or most sure. when he's talking about yeah. the, uh, the kids, the sticky little kids in his lap and their fingers in his beard. Yeah. And then thought that it was really it. And it's like, is he saying, when I read that, it says, I guess they thought that I was really it, but it sounds like he's saying that I was really him. That's kind of um, what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then it talks, it goes straight into, she sat on my lap and it's like, where are we going with this? You know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I'm like, just by the title alone, I'm like, what is, what is this about? And so it's like, oh, it's a very, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Um, he leaves the kids there crying. Yeah. Um, it's, it's typical, uh, not typical, but classic, uh, Cooper, as far as the tongue in cheek humor. Um, right. right. And then, you know, when they, when he uses stuff like they were driven to a night, even to insanity, um, you know, he uses the, he says the, you know, W H O R E. There's not a whole lot of albums where he does. What is it later? Yeah. Brutal planet. He uses that, uh, at yeah. the very end of it, you know, Christian blood and where they pay the whores and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, sorry, I hope you don't have to believe that. No, but, no, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> gotcha. But when he sings that chorus, Steve, that's just that it's not a deep voice, but that's just, that is Alice Cooper to me. Just that first, I'm in no man's land. And then the can't seem to find a real, that yeah. backing there with those classic, with the, uh, yeah. that just sounds like this could have almost been on like a ghost to hell. Yeah. Uh, sure. I think it's, it fits in quite a bit with the, uh, the way it sounds, maybe not the lyrical content, but, uh, and it's, and it's not like you. So if you, if you've seen any of his interviews later on where he talks about trash and what he was looking for there, Mm-hmm. Uh, was he was wanting a sexy um yeah. uh, Alan, you know he was t- uh, wanting Desmond Child and so forth. So this here is still you know saying that uh he was still kind of going for that uh sexy vibe there and you know being a uh, pretty uh pervasive pervasive I guess you you could say um yeah uh, yeah I, I like it uh, it's it's in the, the 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 lyrics that he has or she didn't see through my disguise and didn't see it in my eyes and then uh you know she was in for a surprise he just the way you mentioned yeah. earlier how he rhyme stuff and uh and goes to the next verse and if you're not even paying attention you, you really won't catch it but uh again yeah. you can go back and listen to it again and catch that stuff um it's it, the last the last line of it is, if i could only find if only i could feel me that always made me wonder you know is he just like dead and just playing through this thing you know and is this the same guy so i'm wondering where does this tie in is this yeah. Sonny? Yeah. is his dad is this um you know is this just something that was slung in here? And so, you know, we would go back and be like, well, what's he say about it? You know, <laughs> what, right. is, what does Alice Cooper say about it? What does Dick Wagner, what does some of the, you know, the, the artists on here say about it? And there's, so there's where that murkiness comes in and a lot of interpretations out there online and stuff, you know, as far as what people sure. think, um, yeah. like the whole cannibalism thing. Have you mm-hmm. read any of that where people are saying like the theme as far as. You talking about all like Scarlet and Sheba. Yeah, well, they're saying like the whole. I, I read a couple of guys. He was like on reviews, and they were just saying like they're literally like commenting on there and saying that there was like a a big uh, cult type following along there that said that you know a lot of this was former Lee was in the attic and he was a cannibal uh, locked away and huh. um, yeah yeah. There's just there's a lot of. I've never read that. Was, yeah, I haven't read that. Yeah, I've read that a couple times. Uh, and then there's other people that say you know that cannibalism other you know uh thread that other people allude to is 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 not really uh what it is they see it's more like a theme of a family relations that can't be mended uh type of thing but yeah it's it's i've never been involved in a record and really looked at stuff to where it's just all over the place but i think that there's a a common uh 
theme here, but uh, this sure. is probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, oh, very cool. By, 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 by a nose, but yeah. Okay, okay. Well, at the end here, we will uh, do a little ranking and, and put the songs in order, so we'll, we'll get to hear it all. So um, for me, uh, you know, it, it obviously starts off with that really – Almost a almost a circusy vibe. It's got a weird sound, but man, it's really cool too. It's it's yeah. strange, but cool. And um, you know, it's it feels like I think it's about Sonny. You know, his the, the sun. The you know, that was a real creative name. Let's just call the sun Sonny. Um, but um, it maybe it's all about one person, and he's a multiple multiple personality. Um. It, you know, like I said, it's got the goofy start, the the odd set of verses. You know, you know, sometimes my world goes upside down. It's just weird. You know. Yes. No, no. Yes. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm I'm doing the wrong song, aren't I? I, I no, uh, no man's land is. I, I'm sorry. I, I started thinking about dyslexia. No, I was. Uh, know, like, I was looking at that. Yeah, <laughs> I got a job in Atlantic in the mall playing Santa, not because of any talent, but because I was the only one the suit fit. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just it's so it's so quick and cleverly put together and long. It's really long. Yeah, it, it's um, almost spoken word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but it's like it's the the verses are odd and the rhyming pattern, you know, is just strange. But you know, Alice Cooper is just. He he just does it so well, and and even at what was probably you know it sounds like just a really strung coked out, not strung out, coked out is like yeah. the opposite of strung out, I guess. But you know the guy he gets a job at the mall, he's playing Santa. Some hottie comes in and offers him a real good time. He leaves the job. But here's the here you know I, I, there's another one. He goes. I left 50 kids standing in line. They were whining. They were crying. And the mothers, they were screaming in hysterics. And I swear I never sir, I never heard such profanity. It's just like, <laughs> it's such a long tongue twister. You know, it's, there's a, there's a good Dick Wagner solo in here, you know, where he goes, kind of goes up and down the fretboard and nothing feels really out of place. Um, yeah. It's a great solo. Great solo. Yeah. Um, you know, and then here's where, here's some multiple personality stuff from the song. It's a, uh, she didn't notice I was thin with a delicate chin, nor the softness of my skin, nor the scent of my other personalities. She didn't yes. get a whiff of it. She didn't see through my disguise, didn't see it in my eyes. She was in for a surprise when she discovered my emotional plurality, which I'm like, that's a creative word to use right there. Very much so. She said, come and lay down on the floor with me. It's warmer here by the fire. She didn't know that there was more of me. She'd have to learn to love all four of me, mm -hmm. you know, and the, the last one, obviously I'm in no man's land. Some, and this is where sometimes I've got to play me. Like I got to pretend to be me mm -hmm. to confuse her. You know, it's really hard to stay me. And then, you know, I'm looking for the real me. If only I could feel me like, and that what you said a minute ago kind of made me think too, like, is he, and and really it almost ties into what I've come up with at the end here. How, how, um, how standing on the ground and having a real life is this person at this point? Is this, you know, is this a dream? Who knows? But, oh yeah. But the next song is the one I was trying to allude to a minute ago with the weird, 
but it's a it's dyslexia. Yes. Written by Alice Cooper, Dick Wagner, uh, Graham Shaw again, and Bob Ezrin. Sounds like there's uh, horns playing, you know, in the background. Uh, Love the horns. Yeah. And there's a nice layering of the voices that, uh, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, there's a bit in the song where he talks about, uh, they think that I've, you know, they, he's like, uh, and no one, no one knows what's wrong with me. They think that I've got dropsy. And uh, yes. so I looked up to see what this was. And it's basically just a buildup of fluid that someone gets in their skin. It's referred to also as edema. Yes. So I, I don't really know much about that, but I asked my wife about it and she kind of, yeah, that makes sense. So, but I love the line, you know, the, the play on words that he, you know, is so clever is this love, which I think he says is dis love yes. or is dyslexia is, you know, is, or is dyslexia. It's like, it's very clever. Um, yes. You know, and I like the dreamy feel in the song that those voices provide that. Dun, 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 ring. Uh, I like the I like the line where he says, I've got these glasses real thick and green, just like the bottom of Coke bottles, you know? Yes. But, but <laughs> Slow descriptive. Yeah. You know, sometimes I see things, you know, he says, since I bumped into you, I bump into walls and no mm. one knows what's wrong with me. So I'm starting to think. Is this the girl from No Man's Land? Since I bumped into you, I bumped into walls, and no one knows what's wrong with me. Ah, you know, interesting. Is, is that a possibility? I don't know. I never thought about it until I kind of was, you know, just really, you know, just kind of thinking about actually writing thoughts down, and I started thinking, I wonder if that has something to do with it. But um, there's a nice little solo section, you know, with music, little light guitar, keyboard bits. It, the song, just like I said, overall has a real dreamy feel. So far, there's nothing on this album I don't like. So having to rank these songs at the end was not really fun for me or easy. It, sure. it was it was fun. It just wasn't easy. But um, what do you think of uh, dyslexia? So it's probably uh, an unpopular opinion. I would so I can remember back years ago when I first 
first time I listened to this album. I mm-hmm. don't know how to explain this. And every time I hear this song, I was at the gym a couple of weeks ago. You and I were talking. And I was on a piece yeah. of equipment and we were texting or what have you. And this song came on. And while we were, I was actually responding to you. And I don't even know how to put this into words. But mm-hmm. you ever have like a weird, like when you were a kid, you ever have like a, a, a maybe like a fever, you were sick. And you have, you know, like the term fever dream, like you might remember something from a child and you're like, did I dream that? Was that real? Or it yeah. just gives you like a, a funny, like a weird feeling, like a an uneasy feeling, kind of like a like a fever dream. Like it's not really there. Like it's not really clear. Um, it, I say all that to say that this song has always, for some reason, and it's the whole purpose, I guess, of the way the time changes and things work in this tune, mm-hmm. has always gave me the strangest feeling, like a fever dream. Like it gives me a huh. something from my childhood. It's a totally a personal thing, I guess, but I don't know what this this is. Probably, and I just in the in the, the bottom of my Alice Cooper all time all my songs. I, this is just one that I never could get into. Once I read it and I see the lyrics and I listen along with it and yeah. what he's doing there, like you were saying in the chorus, is dislove and is it dyslexia? Yeah. Just like former Lee Warmer, the way he plays on words yeah. is is so creative and so neat. Um, I love it, but it gives me. I, I'm not saying it's a bad song, and I'm saying I'm not saying I don't like the song, yeah. but I'm saying it just gives me an uneasy feeling. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and mission accomplished. I think that's what Alice Cooper, you know, all <laughs> through his career was trying to make. You know, he always said, if your parents hated us that's what we wanted, you know, and that's, they were going to love us. You know, we'd be successful. Yeah. Um, I never picked up what you had said though, since I bumped into you, I bumped into walls. So yeah. that's got me pondering. I wonder what kind of thing happened. If that could have been like an STI or something, or just maybe he had <laughs> yeah. an experience and he lost his mind or it's just, we're just going down a rabbit hole of, uh, four personalities here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very, it's a, it's a strange song to me, the way it's, um, the the music I do love um the the chorus of it, the harmony when they're saying dyslexia, you're saying yeah. those voices. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. That that for so, something about that the delivery of those voices and the effects all together, it just it's creepy to me. It's it's a it's a creepy song. Um and then the dropsy was um I remember them using that term years ago, like back in the like fifties and sixties as far as like edema. Um Yeah, it's an old term. term. Yeah, and a demon like a, a buildup of fluid like in the lungs. Um, I it, think it's something like that. It could be there. It talked about it being a buildup of fluid in, in pretty much anywhere. A buildup of fluid is considered an edema, is what my okay. wife said. It's just, uh, yeah, but I guess it, maybe they make it the words a little more particular if it's somewhere in particular. I don't know. Yeah, that was a what is it, Jonathan Davis's brother? Is that right? He's singing that band, Edema, back in the nineties, two thousands, maybe. No idea. No, but uh, the, the way it was spelled was E D E M A. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit different spelling, yeah. Yeah, it's um, and it, you know, it's pretty much the song. It, it repeats the same thing, you know, a couple of times, except sure. for the uh, the Coke bottle glasses. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, it's definitely uh, it's an it's an interesting song, and it's kind of like a unfinished suite off of billion dollar babies it reminds me a little bit of like raped and freezing it's just it's to make you uncomfortable and yeah. uh but it's really harmless but it's uh sure. meant to get your attention to make you uncomfortable and i think it's mission wow. accomplished yeah. i know that was all over the place but this song no, is, no, no, it man. just does something to me man i don't know what it is it's the song is kind of i mean it, it's really an odd time you know because most songs are like and this is like yeah, yes. it's, it's a real off time. So maybe the off time is just 
done, it, it kind of messed with your equilibrium in life for a little bit, you know, which is really there you go. an interesting way to think of it. So <clears throat> That's what I was trying to put into words. It messed with my equilibrium in life. Yeah. yeah. Along yeah. the way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But the next, the next song, you know, and having this on vinyl is pretty cool because I was, when I was looking through it, I was trying to write the numbers down and, and I was going to write song number six. And it's basically like song one side two. I'm like, ah, oh, man, how long has it been oh, since I saw that, you know, or even thought side. about that. Yeah. Yes. But this is the first. Oh, oh, let's see. Here, let me uh, say what song it is, and then we'll. I'll let you go first on it. Uh, Scarlet and Sheba, which is the first song on side two or track six, if you're on like a CD. Uh, it's written by Alice Cooper, Dick Wagner, and Bob Ezrin. Sheba was I didn't I didn't know much about other than you know the biblical uh, references here or so I thought until you had sent me the uh, interview with Wagner yeah and um, him him talking about this and and the encounter um, which uh, someone I was speaking with a while back had some interesting takes on this as far as uh, his the artist uh, responsible for writing this his recollection of this time. Um, mm with this experience maybe it was something uh he may choose not to uh, uh remember if you will um sure it's a very very rocking i love uh the way that the time changes there from uh the first uh set of lyrics into the uh chorus i just want your body shiva uh yeah, i don't like want half, your brain like half time or something it, yes it is it is yeah and it's just it's a rocking um 
it's really rock. I think it's a refreshing uh, spot in this album. Uh, it just has some really rocking parts in it. And uh, yeah. the, the solos and stuff, I, I really, really like this, uh, especially since I know the story. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Wagner was so, I, I feel, a very underappreciated or underappreciated uh, guitarist. Mm-hmm. And he talks about this being a um, BDSM type of encounter. Um <laughs> In some of the in some of the interviews, and which makes me wonder, you had referenced on the uh, album cover when it shows the person with the, uh, the like what appears to be like a whip. Yeah, I didn't know if that had anything to do with it, but it it's certainly yeah. makes you uh, wonder. You know, it talks about her uh, sharpening her uh, black fur glove, and you remember. Um, yeah. He talks about the uh, oh, is it poison? Uh, talks about or it's, maybe it's hey stupid. Uh, he talks about the drink drink the wine from your fur teacup. Yeah, they let me drink of, the wine from your first. I'm a no. That's teenage yeah. Frankenstein. No, that's uh, it's um, feed my Frankenstein. Feed, feed my Frankenstein. There you go. We yeah. went through five songs. Um, we got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's pretty straightforward what he's talking about there. Um, you know, she scolds me, showers me with her love. She's in a bad mood. You know, sharpens her black glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, blood and honey attitude. They never, yeah. they'll never know my gratitude. It just. Uh, it's pretty, uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing at how his content changes throughout time yeah. and, uh, and now what he would be, but, uh, Scarlet, she can referee the game. Um, yeah, that means, you know, uh, Sheba is, is, I guess, uh, victim number one or what have you. And then, uh, Scarlet's just going to do her thing and, uh, yeah. kind of referee the, the deal there. But, uh, what a, what a, uh, I think it's a high point of the album, uh, the way it, uh, Rocks my kids are actually today in the car listening to this, and uh, they were uh, they were surprised that that was Alice Cooper. They hadn't they hadn't heard that. Uh, Interesting. They were they were yeah they were they were probably kind of into it. They're sixteen and seventeen years old, so uh, yeah. it's kind yeah yeah. Well, I yeah to me it's like like I said, song one on side two, and it's the first real proper rock song on the entire album. I mean, dyslexia. No Man's Land, Formerly Warmer, and Enough's Enough. I mean, they're all, I like all those songs. I mean, I really, there's nothing on this album I don't like. There's some bizarre, weird things. And if there was, if these were made by any other artist, I wouldn't even like them. But, sure, yeah. You know, but because of it's the entire package, it's everything that this album envelops is what I love. And, um, but this is the first song that's like a real rock song. And, you know, it starts out with the, like like the strum of the guitar, you know, with distortion, and then there's like these creepy old school '80s sounding keyboards, you know, with along with the times. And man, when it, you know, it get a you get a little almost like a seems like a minute of music, and there's like Scarlet wants to hold me, you know, it kicks right in, and that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and you know, supposedly the song you know was written about a couple of waitresses they met in a uh, or that worked in a club that they were you know. Uh, where they were recording or working on their, this album. Uh, This is the one song that I like the first song on the album where I don't really know that it has anything to do with the story. Mm -hmm. It could, but I don't, I I couldn't kind of really piece it, uh, you know, but there's a lot, you know, it's, it's about somebody that wants to kill him, wants to pick his bones methodically, Mm -hmm. erotically, you know, um, I love listening to this because um, the the vocals that harmonize with Alice on the choruses and things, um, it blends so well. 
And uh, this is where I wrote down the people who actually were singing with him, which we know Graham um, Graham Shaw is one of the people doing some vocals. But there's two female singers, too, and they are listed on the album as Karen Hendricks and Lisa Dalbello. Um, and I think they do a fantastic job, especially a couple songs forward here when we get to uh, the next to the last track. Um, there's a cool breakdown at the keyboard section that leads into a nice guitar solo. Uh, the keys in the song make it sound really lush. Like this is where I'm thinking, man, the production sounds really good on this album. It just has a really cool feel to it all. It's just, I don't know, man, there's just something very full about, you know, just, and a lot of it's obviously the keys, the keys, the just he and Ezrin puts it together really well. I got, I got to say it's almost like a middle Eastern type sound. As Absolutely. Far as the keys, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But everything just sounds so, you know, it's perfect. And, you know, it's like whether or not these guys were strung out on drugs or not at the time, not strung out, but like I said, probably coked up. Um, oh, it's, yeah. it's an amazing collection, just everything, you know, because Ezrin was supposedly big time on Coke, you know, and Alice Cooper was as well. And I think uh, um, uh, Dick Wagner was possibly. So, uh, I mean, to me at this point, this is a perfect album. It's bizarre, but it's just everything, you know, all the pieces fit. Um, the guy that plays drums on this song is Richard Kolinka. I mentioned it earlier, but during this song, I'm really thinking, man, the drumming is really key in this song. Like it really makes a difference. So um, very much so, very much so. Yeah, but great job by him. Uh, and this, when it ends, uh, it goes, it kicks and goes straight into "I Love America," which that one was written by Alice Cooper and Graham Shaw alone.
starts off, you know, with the big drums and the guitar line. Uh, and it leads us into a, a fun Alice Cooper song. You know, just one of the goofy ones. Like, I would almost say something like, I ain't got a mom, but I ain't got a dad. You know, something yeah, like, exactly, some, yeah. you know, something like where there's some, some seriousness in the lyrics, but there's a lot of goofiness in the lyrics at the same time. Um, oh yeah, well, I can't go to can't go to school because I ain't got a gun. Yeah, yeah, that's about as serious as it gets. But he's still playful in there, and yeah. he's getting the point across. Is yeah, oddly enough, I ain't American, got a gun because I ain't style. got a job. So I'm looking with a girl with a gun and a job and a house with cable. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one of my favorite lines. Uh, I, I, I love how this this opens up. I love that mountain with those four big heads, and I can't tell you. I've been to Mount Rushmore. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've led into telling people I went to Mount Rushmore by telling them, yeah, you know, I went to that mountain with those four big heads <laughs> just <laughs> on purpose, you know. And sometimes I can't remember it. So I go, you know, the mountain with the four big heads. And then they go, oh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. To me, this kind of paints the picture of a true-blooded American patriot hick redneck kind of guy, you know, throughout the whole song, you know, even as we get, you know, I love my car and I, I, on the lyrics, I think it says bar. I think it's, I love my, I love my bar and I love my truck. I do most anything to make a buck. I love a waitress <laughs> who loves to flirt. flirt. You know, it's just <laughs> They're the best kind. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but like that, it just reminds me of that, that redneck, you know, just American Patriot kind of guy. Um, you know, I love the line where he says, you know, I love what the Indians did to Custer. And then you get like the war drums and then you get that kind of really cool, like the horses riding. And then they get that. Oh, Here they come. oh, oh. it's a really it, like it's a cool sounding singing part. I think whatever it is. I don't know if it's Very Native so. American or but man. Yeah, there it they come. A native feel, doesn't it? It does. I, I really like that. Uh, you know, when I wrote down whatever it is. It's, it has a great, and it's got a powerful feel to it, you know? And it's in the middle of this just goofball song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and then uh, the, the one other line I wrote down that I really think makes me laugh in this song, um, he says, I graduated, but I ain't that bright. But he says, I graduated, <laughs> but I ain't that bright. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that's toward the end, you know? And this it's just, it's a fun, goofy song, and... um I mean, it, it's it, it could be an Alice Cooper national anthem if we didn't have um, Lost in America. Like those two go hand in hand, really. So, I agree. What I do you agree. What do you think about I Love America? I think you know this is one of the. It's, it, it, like you said, it's a very it's one of the funnest Alice Cooper songs that 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 he's he's ever recorded. I think, in my opinion, he's and it's look. I'm from Kentucky. I'm not, we're not South, but we are, you know, it, it's, it's, we're noticed as wink, wink, rednecks. You're from the South. So, oh, you yeah. know, this is good old boy. You see this stuff around here with the flags flying and yeah. it doesn't get any more American than a uh, Velveeta slapping on some wonder bed. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, could anybody, but Alice Cooper get away with, especially yeah. in, in 1983 with, uh, I love a commie, especially if he's good and dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, could anybody else, you know, get away with that? Everybody took it as, well, it's Alice Cooper's tongue-in-cheek. Of course, you sure. know, that next verse is, a, you know, homemade pie, of course. You know, Rusky's being sterilized, but then I, I like my chi- I love my chicken Kentucky fried finger licking good. That's, of course, <laughs> I mean, the way it just changes. And you had uh, called me a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and you referred to A.B. Cooper from Cooper's Classic, Cooper's Carnival of Clean Classic Cars. And 
I think it was at the gym and it was the funniest thing. People were looking at me like I was a crazy person with my headphones on over there chuckling to myself. Yeah. On but, the corner of Commerce and Collins. Yeah. That's it. I say this, bye. This Grady says bye. And the snake says, <laughs> that is so great. And the, the, the pocket fisherman and crazy glue, like we talked earlier, it's weird that this was never even released as a single in the States and it barely was in, you know, overseas. And then, um, it's, it's about America, you know, and do they understand, you know, what the pocket fishermen and, you know, I'm sure they did crazy glue, but do they get the, I love uh, the beef I'm and sure Wally too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of stuff right there. And then he goes into like, so like nurse Rosetta, if you recall from, uh, from the inside, some of the, uh, the tongue in cheek kind of lyrics he uses there. Oh, yeah. He does the same thing here with the, the tight skirt. Like you said, the nice pair. Yeah. 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 The rock and red glare. And then, you know, who doesn't, who didn't watch the A team every Tuesday night? Right. You know? Right. Um, and of course he mentions Detroit in here again, like he does a lot of, he loves Detroit. Of, he loves Detroit, even though he, you know, he admits he's not really from Detroit, but he claims Detroit. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course, like you said, with the, uh, here we go with Buck again. It's popped up in the on the album again. Uh, he would do almost anything to make a buck. And then the waitress, that's just a, exactly. a classic scooper. Um, you know, I could imagine back then, you know, uh, parents hearing that and bracing for, oh, okay, well, it wasn't as bad as we thought yeah, it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's a little more clever than we thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it finishes it up with, uh, you ain't going to catch me at no Mayday rally. That's yeah, what that's he says. Uh, I, it's so it's so, it's fading out, and you can barely hear it. It's funny. Yeah, I didn't know. I would never. It's kind of like a, a Department of Youth when he uh, says, uh, "And who gave it to you? The power?" And they say, "Donny Osmond." And he's and he like, goes, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this. It, it had it not been for the internet uh, and not having the liner notes, Steve, I probably would have not really been able to decipher gotcha. what he said there. But uh, I was uh, listening yeah, to it earlier, a, and it's like I could almost catch it, and I was like, "It's it's not anything that sounds like it's too important. It's just funny." So. Sure, sure. Little uh, on the way out thing to leave you with, but that's a totally fun, fun song. I, I really, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a. To me, it's a, it's Alice Cooper and uh, my generation's version of uh, "Proud to Be an American," the Lee Greenwood song. Just, yeah, exactly. Cooperized, if you will. <laughs> right, right, right. There you go. There you go. Oh man. So okay. Uh, track number eight is called "Fresh Blood." It's written by Alice Cooper, Dick Wagner, and Bob Ezrin again.
what do you think of Fresh Blood? Man, this song is really, you know, I, um, uh, I think that uh, this is this is close to being my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really dig it. I think me and you had talked, I had sent you a, maybe a screenshot or something. I was listening to this and I forgot how good uh, this song actually was. Uh, yeah. what I, and I, I didn't really fully uh, appreciate it uh, upon listening to it uh, the first few times and especially years ago. But uh, what a great little ditty. So today... Real quick, we were talking and um, you were so I I live where there's not really good reception and you had texted me and I didn't I did get back with you, but it just didn't go out. So I took my kids. My son's a humongous um, uh, Nick Cage fan, Nicholas Cage. And so the Renfield movie came out and he's been wanting to see it. So I took him today. And as I left again, we're listening to this album. I'm getting ready to talk to you about it tonight. And uh, it's this reminded me a lot of the movie we had just watched, which by the way, uh, kind of a shameless plug. If any of the listeners, it's a really, really good movie. It's a super, super great mm-hmm. movie. Um, not for the, for the youngsters, uh, but it's, it's, sure. it's really good. But I've, so I'm, you know, when I'm listening to this, it's got a whole new meaning. Um, now that I'm coming out, of course it's based on, you know, it's Dracula is the, is the story. But, uh, I had read that when him and Cheryl was going through, uh, a divorce mm-hmm. and, uh, she had uh, took uh, Calico back to uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, he references in there. He says, uh, "In the paper, seems a florist." I thought it always said she's a florist, but it says seems a florist, and it says yeah. found in Lincoln Park, uh, died of some anemia. Yeah. You know the way he says it out there, and no one raped her. Poor Dolores just detained her and drained her on the spot. This is, so in my mind, I'm thinking this is it's not Dracula, of course. I don't think, but if it's one, if it's like Chicago, you know, if he's thinking about um what's what's happening there you know and if uh he's just kind of venting again he doesn't remember all this sure uh, he's you know he says fresh blood it goes through me flows through me inside of me cry to me those ladies singing there is, yeah to me that is the best probably spot on this record man it's got that 70s kind of almost like gospel singers i'm a sucker for for that you know that gospel uh uh you know, a lot of rock and roll artists and stuff through the eighties and nineties did that. And they had like the little chorus yeah. or, you know, like the, the singers like that. It was even Motley Crue and stuff's done that. So I'm, I'm a sucker for that and horns. So it just, at the end of this, the second half of the song where it just repeats over and over yeah. uh, flows, it goes through me. I just, I remember sending that to you and how just, it was infected me and how it was yeah. just over and over. I could listen to that all day long. Um, and it, you know, it, you know, it's a showgirls, businessmen in suits in the midnight rain. If they walk alone, they're never seen again. Yeah. Um, is it Jack the Ripper? You know, and th- that's where I was going with the Chicago thing. Um, sure. Yeah, but it's 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 uh, and then was this Sunny? You know, it's uh, yeah. I haven't really put put everything together on this, but it's I like it where he's he goes out hungry and he goes out hunting. So is he just hungry for killing? Is he hungry for the blood or? You know, it is. He's talking about fresh blood. Oh, um, he just gave me an idea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's uh, it's all over the place, but I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, I think that, uh, again, at this point, I'm really uh, starting to appreciate Wagner even more mm. as I'm hearing the solos and stuff in here. Because, I mean, again, I, I, I so wish that they would have got the oh, man to do it uh, uh, from the inside, uh, get his thoughts on that, yeah. and get it, you know, documented. That would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is the one song on the album that that was the bass was not played by Dick Wagner. This one was played by John Prakash. Um, 
And, you know, it, it starts with the drums and it's got, you know, this little keyboard thing that's going on that sounds like horns. You know, sounds really that cool. That is awesome. Yeah. That is really infectious. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's got, it, it sounds really cool, but it's got kind of a dark vibe to it still. And I really, really love the way the vocals are sung from the get-go because Alice is singing low and high. You know, that's something that Maiden does occasionally with Bruce and they did it with Blaze. And I love it when they do that. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I think we're back to the story again. I think this ties the story back a little bit. Um, it's possible based on, you know, when I said formerly warmer is up in the attic, you know, up in the uh, attic, up in the, and he's locked up there and, you know, he doesn't come out much. This almost seems like it ties into that, you know, yeah. especially when you get to the lyrics here. And um, Dick Wagner said that definitely said this was vampire, like a vampire. This is what the okay. reference kind of was. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, I, I just, you know, I was, I didn't remember which song the bass was not played by Wagner, but man, I wrote down immediately. The bass sounds really good in this song. Um, you know, the, it's very cool music and the lyrics, you know, describe like a, va- a vampire, you know, fresh blood, a sanguinary feast is all he's living for. Uh, the yeah. drums are really good in this song again. Uh, you know, this the section where there's a so- guitar solo sounds, you know, it's a light guitar solo, but the bass and the drums are just driving, you know, oh, they it, walk together. That is an awesome rhythm there. Yeah. And that's when the ladies are doing, you know, fresh blood, it goes through me, flows through me, yeah. you know, and, um, there's a cool, some cool lyrics in this song. You know, we don't want them to want to know us because if they do, they get a little bit too close. You know, and there's because you know, fresh blood, a sanguinary feast, is all he's living for, and he mm-hmm. craves it more and more. He sings that a couple times. The next thing you know, he's fresh blood, a sanguinary feast, is all I'm living for, and I crave it more and more. So it's like originally. He wasn't sure. He thought it was just the other guy he was doing it for. And now he realizes he's the guy. So it's my idea. You know, the multiple personality. I never picked up on that. That is so awesome, man. I never, ever picked up on that ever. Yeah. That is so awesome. I think it's the multiple personality. Originally, he's in his mind. I'm doing it for somebody else. And then all of a sudden, at a certain point, he realizes it's it's, I'm living. You know, it's like he's hungry. He gets hungry. I go hunting. You know, and oh, then, yeah. you know, later on it's, you know, it's all I'm living for. So, you know, is he living for getting the blood for this person or is he just living for the blood now? You know? Um, yeah. Well, that's what I did. You have to Google sanguinary as I did. <laughs> well, sanguinary has something to do with blood. Yeah. That's what it was. Bloodshed or uh, bloodthirsty or, okay, or yeah, yeah, know, I, murderous. I just, I did not, I kind of assumed that's, I don't, I, don't know what yeah, meant, but. I don't know where I heard that, but I knew it from somewhere. Yeah. So, okay. but yeah, I wrote down the same thing at the end of the song, you know, fresh blood. There's a certain part where the drums and the music just like kicks up a notch big time. Yes. And they're yes. like, fresh blood. It goes to me. Flows. It's, it's just so awesome. And then I could that, listen to that over and over. I oh, could listen no. to that for an hour. That's one of the best parts on the entire album. Uh, you know, musically and just, it, it probably is. Um, yes. Well, now I have this one other musical moment that I haven't got to yet that we will get to. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. But but then there's that one line where it's like, fresh blood inside of me, 
cry to me, cry to me, hey, you know, whatever. Yes. That lady just was, it reminds me of that Pink Floyd song that's on Dark Side of the Moon where the lady just basically goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Um, is that a, oh, what? yes, the, the very popular song that's all over the radio. Sarah. Is it us and them? What, what's, no, was, what's the name of that song, the Pink Floyd song that you like where the girls, whoa, whoa, what's that called? It's called the Great Gig there in the you Sky. Go. Yeah, That's so it. good job, Sarah. Yeah, good job, Sarah. Good job, Sarah. No, 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 no. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> You're right. raising our rights, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> she found that on her own. One day she came and she goes, "Hey, I like this song." And she starts playing it. And I'm like, "Whoa!" Immediately, I'm like, and so I made her yeah, listen no. to the full out uh, the whole Dark Side of the Moon album. I was like, "You realize?" And it was cool because when we listened to it, she would go. Oh, this reminds me of that. And this reminds me of that. And it's like, yeah, the, there's themes throughout the album. It's really cool. So, okay. So we got one more song. The album closer. Pass the gun around. It's the only song on the album written by Alice Cooper and Dick Wagner alone. up in the morning feeling kind of sick needs a little stole vodka needs it really quick sees a little blood run from his eyes feels a little hotel paralyzed This song, you know, it starts out, you can hear somebody drinking, you know, you can hear them fumbling around with a bottle and pouring them a drink, you know, or maybe we'll refer to it as a shot. Um, then you also hear them loading a gun, dropping the bullets on the table, loading the gun up, another possible shot, you know? So, um, you know, then you get the keys, Sonny wakes up in the morning feeling kind of sick. Needs a little stole vodka and needs it really quick. Um, I have to add this in because stole vodka, if you've ever seen the Kiss interview on the Tom Snyder show where Ace is just on fire. Yes. They said he drank a bottle of stole vodka bef- on the way to the recording of that. <laughs> so, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. So thank God, at least in that one moment for stole vodka, because that's the best interview with Kiss ever did. You know, oh yeah, much to Gene and Paul's uh, uh, <laughs> eye, eye rolling and dagger shooting, you know, with their eyes. Oh yeah, yeah, they were they um, were fifty Yeah, yeah, but there's an interesting piece here where you know, in a documentary I saw recently, the one I sent to you, Alice Cooper talks about seeing blood coming out of his eyes. Yes, you know, and he uses that exact line in this song. Yes, so in my in my mind, if he remembers that, then he has some recollections here. Sees a little blood, a blood run from his eyes. Feels a little hotel paralyzed, and then mm-hmm. that big chorus, pass the gun around, real big. Ah, you know the, the keys are swelling, and that ah part. I love the way it sounds. You know, 
throw me in the local river and let me float away. You know, then there's another bit. She was just a reason to unwind. Actually, the last thing I could find, you know, dump me in the local river and let me float away. And anyone that, that has listened to my podcast, if you're, if you're one of the, uh, like, if you're a lifer on my podcast, you've heard me mention this solo many times. I know I've played it before, Oh yeah. but if you go to about two minutes and so at about, it gives you just enough time to let the solo kick in two Oh five. Um, and I mean, I'll be honest, this is one of my favorite guitar solos of all time. I wish the tone was a little bit different on his guitar, just a tiny bit, but man, I mean, just the note, the note choices, um, just the length of the solo, the passion in the solo. It's amazing. The, and then the thing that even makes it so much better the accents that the drums are throwing in, ba da 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 da, ba da you know, he kicks in, and he keeps playing higher and higher, and the drums add so much. Yes, the solo's amazing, but the drums just taking it even to another level. It just, it's the perfect build. It's incredible. I highly recommend anyone. If you haven't heard this song, please do yourself a favor. Listen to the whole album. The, the, this is the crescendo, man. Um, it's to me, it's one of my favorite musical sections by any band ever. It's just, and there's a ton of them out there. My top 10 list probably has 50,000 of them in there, but man, this is yeah. definitely one that, that, you know, like I said, the buildup is great. Um, and then you go back into that chorus and then, um, you know, next, <laughs> the, it's really sad to me that this has never been played live by Alice Cooper. He has a great band. Imagine getting to hear a guitar, this guitar solo played live. It's, you know, and then the song's over, but wait, it's not, <laughs> you know, it kind of, it feels like it ends. And then all of a sudden Sonny wakes up in the morning. There's a stranger in his bed. Someone's mm-hmm. pounding on the hotel door. He wishes he was dead. And then he's, it's, it's, it's just really telling of, of this is Alice's life. I've had so many blackout nights before. I don't think I can take it anymore. And, um, you get that chorus and man, if you close your eyes, I don't care how many times you hear this. I've heard this just enough times to know if you, if I close my eyes, I'm just listening to the chorus and it fades out and it fades out. Then that slam or the gunshot, whatever it is happens. It's yeah. startling. Yeah, like it really startles you. Um, and then at this point, I this is what goes through my head, you know, because it, it it ends and then what do you hear? Clip, blip, 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 da 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 da. So, is this just a baby and dreamed his entire life and it was all a dream? Is is okay? Here's the things I wrote down is is the dad sunny? And the dad. Wow. Wait, is is Sonny the dad and the brother? Are they the same people? Are they also mm. the? Uh, I, I have a daughter. Are they the son? Are they the daughter too? Are they part mm. of the four personalities that get mentioned in here? Mm. Other than the um, other than the girl and Scarlet and Sheba, um, is he in a coma? Did he wake from a coma? Is this whole thing? Is the slam at the end, him getting startled out of it in a dream and waking up? Um, wow. You know, um, is he waking up? And this is where I thought it could have been really cool. Instead of saying dad at the end, you know how, um, you know how wind up toy ends? 
I did not want to. I was going to say that. Yes, sir, Steven. Yeah. Is, I, I wrote, is he waking up from a nightmare? What is it? It would have been really nice to have that reference in this song somewhere. You know, it would have been so awesome. If if if, the, if he wouldn't have been named Sonny, if he would have been named Steven, you know? Yes, so, yes. But yeah, this song, I adore this song. I, I, I bring it up a lot. It's just... It, this might be my favorite Alice. It's hard to say it's my favorite Alice Cooper song of all time because I listen to every album and I love so many songs. But this is, I love, I love this song. Um, so I've said a lot. What do you think? <laughs> well, I, I'll start by saying I know that you, I'll, I will echo that sentiment. You have mentioned this song uh, quite a few times, just that that I've heard. Yeah. Um, and that to me, as a huge fan, um, before I forget, have you ever seen uh, Lita Ford's Stoli Vodka Guitar? No. Before I forget that. Yes. No. So it's, I don't even know if she plays it. I've seen them with, um, uh, and we met Hailstorm and a band called Dorothy a few years ago. And okay. anyway, she has a really cool Stoli vodka. But anyway, the pain and, and, and just, you can, I feel that there's genuine emotion in this song, when, especially when he sings, Throw Me in the Local River, Let Me Float Away. It just, mm-hmm. that is. Let me out. Classic just get me out of it. Yes. Him going through what he's going through, and I go back to like lace and whiskey, and um, uh, just Alice Cooper as far as in the seventies, and you would see him with these kooky T-shirts on, and uh, mm-hmm. like Olive America type lyrics, and he mm-hmm. talks about waking up watching cartoons, the television, yeah. on, you know, a couple of party balloons, and the money's all gone. It's like you almost see that he's sitting there writing that, like from the inside, he's literally writing that from you know his visual uh, perspective. Yeah. Um, and he talks about she was just a reason to unwind and actually the last thing I could find, yeah. like you were saying. But is that was he referring to Cheryl at that time? Was he referring to a, a regret as far as his marital uh, status? Yeah, um, that, that always made me think. And was he just regretful for that? Sure. Um, it, it, to, to me, this I always thought years for for years but even more so in the last couple of weeks or month that this was this could have very easily in my opinion been his his suicide note um you know he was going into um rehab after this i don't know if he really knew when he was pinning these lyrics that he was going i don't know if he knew that he knew or if he you know um but he when he talked about i've had so many blackout nights before i don't think i can take this anymore it's just really made me feel you you talked about it earlier um I don't know if we were recording or not, but when these artists that we grew up on starting to get old, a friend of mine said a couple of weeks ago, he said, man, you probably call in to work if Alice Cooper dies on. Huh? I'm like, I never thought about it, but by George, mm. would it, would I be un- I mean, unresponsible if I sure? <laughs> yeah. Well, you but know. this is, yeah, this is a very, very um, emotional song to me. Um, and when I heard you had mentioned it uh, again, I was at the gym and I heard that, that solo and I was like, I'm not really recalling that solo. Holy cow, I was blown away. Yes. And I've since read other, just looking at reviews and stuff about this album, and everybody, whether it's just some um, music critic or it's some actual fan of Alice Cooper's lifelong or just, you know, familiar with some of his stuff, they all reference that guitar solo. Oh, it's so And the, the feeling and the emotion, oh, it'll make you cry, man. Yes. I think yeah, I echo what you said is if, if anybody listening has not heard this, uh, to do yourself a favor, just forget about who's singing it and who the artists and stuff are and just listen to this. It's a, it's a, it's a great song from start to finish, uh, no matter who the artist uh, did it. But yeah, I'm really glad and grateful that uh, he he did this song and recorded it, whether he remembers it or not. Uh, (laughs) Great, great way to finish like a, 
like wind up toys, Steven, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of, a lot of Alice Cooper records. He ends, uh, on a, on a, uh, a pretty deep, creepy uh, note. <laughs> uh, yes, very much so. And so it answers, um, not really any questions. And there's, I've, I've got more I'm sitting here, even pulled up the lyrics and looking at them. And, and since you've gave me a couple of uh, ideas and, uh, what you think about it, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, there's, there's, there's questions still. And I, that's one thing I like about is it a concept album? Is it a semi-concept album? Mm. Uh, it leaves you guessing, but it also, uh, provokes your thought process. And, uh, yeah, you know, when you say in somebody, when he says he, he wakes up in the morning, there's a stranger in his bed. Is he talking about the regret, the lady that was, uh, just a reason to get away yeah. or was this him? You know, was he seeing himself, you know? Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Was, is that me? You know, I don't, yeah, it's just, there's so much there that could be, uh, interpreted, uh, sometimes I got to play me. It's really hard to, uh, what was he say? It's, it's sometimes I got to play me. It's really hard to stay me. Yes. When you said that, that's exactly what I was sitting there. When it did, that's, that's what made me think. Wow. Oh, that's two of them. Yeah. Makes you wonder, huh? Golly, this is just such a great, it, it, to me, any album that gets you thinking this much, is just awesome it's awesome very much so i think we could sit down for several hours and just really break this down and get uh matt and kirsty to listen to it and see what they think about it too you know it's uh it's that good of a record it really is and i wouldn't have said this steve six months ago and i'm a a lifelong alice cooper fan i appreciate every jot and tittle he's ever he's ever put down on paper but this was not yeah and uh, i'm really glad that i'm rediscovering it well, I, I hope that I hope that those two will go listen to it, and I would be interested to hear their takes. Kirsty, uh, she has a real knack for for you know looking at things a little differently than I do, uh, and, and and sometimes she'll she'll find she finds a lot of things that I may not find. So I'd be really interested to hear her take and match the same way, man. They're both they're both really awesome with that. So, so I'd be really interested to hear their takes as well. That's what made me think you guys are the perfect yin and, and yang to one another, all three of you guys. And when we started talking about this, I was like, I wonder what they would think about yeah. this. And maybe one day you'll find out. I, I will say that since you mentioned this, I have went back um, and from Pretties for You and just started listening. Um, I'm back up to Muscle of Love, but I'm going to it's just been a long time since I've went from, you know, chronologically, oh, cool. um, whether whether I'm crazy about it or, you know, the album or not. But sure. uh, yeah, so you've inspired me to go through and uh, reconnect with because I'm like, if I'm missing this stuff on this gym, you know, there's a lot. Else, yeah. of, oh, man, like Lakes and Whiskey uh, wasn't one of my favorites. Uh, and I'll be honest, uh, Pretties for You and Easy Action uh, and they're Love It to Death, those first three, they are rough, man. And they're they're just let's see how weird we can be. Yeah. You know, maybe not love it to death as much, but the first two was like what Shep say, you know, 75 time changes. Let's just see how strange we can be. Right. You know, Frank yeah. Zappa signed here. You got to be pretty weird. Yeah, but just yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Well, I guess. Interesting stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's really awesome. I'm, this is this is like exactly what I was hoping for is that we would just kind of really dig in. And I mean, um, you know, I've heard people talk about it and, but I don't listen, I haven't listened to a ton of, of things about this. So, um, and, and, but now what I want to do is I want to rank the songs, uh, from nine to one. I mean, I count, I guess we'll count, you know, you count Dada, I guess, and, and yeah. rank them, you know, from our, I hate to say least favorite to favorite. Cause I, I like every one of these songs. So, sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, I'll start us off um, uh, just to 
I have I have Dada at number nine, uh, not because I don't like it, but just because it, it's the introduction to the album and it it sets the stage with the really bizarre conversation. So, mm-hmm. what what about you? What do you have at number nine? Uh, the same. It would definitely be yeah yeah definitely be Dada at number nine. Just because if if it is Cooper's lyrics or uh, you know vocals in there that's not performance and it's a little strange to me has more of a Pink Floyd vibe than I care to have on my Alice Cooper records. But okay. hey, I'm not the uh, world famous artist here. But yeah, I'm <laughs> number nine with Dada. Yeah, yeah. Now for me, you know what? I feel like we'll match up on the next one too. Actually, um, I have at number eight. And, and I like, like I said, I like all these songs. I don't even feel like just have that I need to justify. Cause I mean, I think I've basically, you know, been just drooling all over this album for a couple hours here. Uh, my number eight is dyslexia. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we're two for two here, man. That's Kirsty is always a big fan of, of, of like matching. So we'll see how many we can match. Um, okay. Uh, my number seven, I have. I love America at number seven. Oh, really? Okay. So I've got uh, enough. Enough is enough at number seven for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It just has the. It has the. Um, uh, there's there's parts of it that when it breaks down and gets to the core, I really like. I like the way it kicks off. But yeah, yeah I, got, I got it at number seven here. Yeah, I think it's that when my mother died. She that, that part is just yes. to me. It's just it's just so fantastic. So I, that is Alice Cooper. That is, if you wanted to turn somebody on to Alice Cooper, that right there, the vocals, the harmony, everything about that, yeah, that is Alice Cooper. Absolutely. That is Alice Cooper. Awesome, man. I'm glad you see that that way too. That is so neat. Yeah. So, uh, number six, at number six, I have, uh, no man's land. Okay. I've got Scarlet and Sheba at number six. Really like it. And I'll tell you what though, I will say though, on the album though, Steve, yeah. especially the way you delivered it there. The first line of that is probably my favorite line of this album, though. That first line, the way he comes out with that, and and the uh, the red veil dress, that is just yeah, that is really really I like that oh, a lot. Man. It's it's just so cool because it's just shot it once, you know, it kicks in like that, you know, it's like it's like all yes. this weird kind of this. It's this weird, just weird eighties. It almost sounds like it'd be from like a real B level horror movie, you know. <laughs> You know what that that keyboard that went that yeah. does make me remind me of like the Toxic Avenger or something yeah, yeah the eighties yeah, type of Trumbull yeah yeah but um the yeah, red so hat I'm not too far off from you I have a uh, Scarlet and Sheba at number five what do you have okay. at five there so at five I got past the gun and uh, now Whoa. and I've ranked these of course I know where I've ranked these early yeah. earlier today and I've, I've had a million things I was doing laundry and everything and now that I'm thinking about this solo. And it just how much that touches me emotionally. I would probably rank that uh, at least probably three, but I do have it at five. Um, okay, and can... it's another thing about Cooper. It, it'll change. You ask me again tomorrow, this will probably change. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, wow. Okay. So uh, me at number four, I have, uh, let's see here. I got formerly warmer at four. Okay. So I've got fresh blood at four. Oh, wow. And okay. I love Fresh Blood. I yeah. love it. It's a great song. It's really, there's parts of it again that I, I think is second to none on this record, yeah. parts of the song. But as a whole, I, I have it at number four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, at number three, I have Enough's Enough. 
Okay. I've got I Love America at three. Um, and at any given time, so you ask me around the 2nd of July, this will probably be in my top five songs of all time, you know? Sure, sure. Um, but just the references to, again, uh, Kentucky and, and, and America. Yeah. Finger uh, not sound too hillbilly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that right there, just that, the way he says that, his voice is just this second to none. My kids earlier were saying, I can't believe that's Alice Cooper. And in my mind, I'm going, how could you not know that's Alice Cooper? Yeah, exactly. there's, there's no other vocals like that. But yeah, yeah. I'm getting them there. They're not quite Sarah's yet, but I'm getting them there. Well, Sarah, Sarah has a long way to go as well. She just, you know, she just, that's her guy. Like that's the one where she's like, if Alice Cooper comes back, I want to go see him. You know? Oh, hey, listen, man, that first podcast I heard with you guys, you know, years ago, yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? There is, what was she 12 or something like that at the time? Yeah. It's she, she, she cringes when she hears it now because, you know, she's doing the, uh, because we, we did Millie and Billy together, you know? Oh yeah, and she was like, you know, it's a little odd for I guess someone to do a that some of those lyrics with a twelve year old, but whatever. So oh, yeah. sure. hey, but you know what? That's the, the the simple fact that I'm like, there is a twelve year old girl, kid, period, not kid, but young person mm-hmm. that's listening to Alice Cooper. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah exactly. I was like, who is this guy? What is this guy? You know what I mean? This is yeah, it's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. She's only seen him once, but uh, I'm hoping at least to get something else out of that. So. Because you never know. There's definitely going to be opportunities, man. And, you know, as long as he's out there, as long as he's still drawing breath and he's going to be, you know, on the road. As long as the Rolling Stones are doing it, he'll do it. So, yes, sir. Yeah. So, my number two, uh, and it was an easy number two for me, uh, was Fresh Blood. Okay. Yeah. I've got got formerly warmer at number two. And I think it's just because of the, it's just the classic uh, Cooper. Cars for the July sale. That's a that's all of America. Yeah, I know. I'm being silly. It was just uh, a classic. Uh, oh, I got you. I got song. you. I just throw that in there, being stupid. It's you. late in the after evening, man, and the, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. old and tired and loopy. And I understand. but uh, yeah, it's, it's great. But I would probably now that if if we sat down and I had maybe another day or two, I would probably put Fresh Blood up there at number two. And uh, then formerly, and then I love America. But yeah, as of right now, I've got him at number two. Well, that's cool. I, like you, like you said, any day we do these, that it changes. So you know, that's I, part of what makes it so interesting, man. I literally do. I I, I usually do these one time, and I don't because I I usually start with an album, and I go, okay, track one, da da. That's my number one. Okay, track mm-hmm. two is this. Do is it better than da da or worse? And then if it's worse or I don't like it as much, I'll put it below. If it's above, I put it above. And then I do the same thing with every song. Do I like this better than this one? No. Okay, what about okay. do I like it better than that one? And then so it's it works out pretty easy. And usually I feel pretty good about what I've done. And every now and then, like when I got to formerly warmer, I was like, eh, maybe that's better than enough's enough. But then I thought, when my mother died, she lay. Yes. You know, and I'm like, okay, that's that that catapults it just a little more for me. So, but but obviously, I mean, I don't, I think it's no secret. Nobody has to question what my number one is. I mean, it's it's literally, it's if if someone asked me almost any, it's almost like saying what's your favorite Maiden song, and you're automatically going to go Hallowed. You know? Yeah, yeah, man. So, yeah. So for me, it's 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 easily past the gun around. I just I love that song, and like you said, there's so much emotion. It's it's very. Um, you know, when he mentions the a little blood runner from his eyes and he, you know, talks about, you know, the blackout nights and and obviously he had a bl- couple of blackout years. I mean, it's an autobiographical song he wrote. It's not just 
it fits in with the album a little bit because it says sunny, you know, but Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Pass the Gun Around is just it's just amazing. It's just a he ha- he has so many amazing songs, but this is just uh I love Pass the Gun Around. It's uh that's uh one of the that, so if you're going to carry the baton for Alice Cooper and as many times just that I've heard you mention it via the podcast and on the phone mm-hmm. um yeah that's 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 one to, that's one to carry the torch for you know that's a very good representation yeah uh, and not a lot of people have heard it you know it's not very yeah, it's uh, a mainstream shame. if you will it's a shame man so what do, what do you have at number one I can't remember which one you've left out so no far. man's land no um, man's land there you go yeah I know a lot of people uh um you know, just reading reviews and stuff is, but I think it's like, a, um, one of the, again, the, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, I didn't even, it just today, uh, through that in there, but I'm not used to hearing him say, um, the, uh, world's oldest profession, if you will, saying the word for that yeah, yeah, um, yeah. a lot of times, but just, it's almost like one of the first, uh, it's almost like a rap song. It's a spoken lyric, you know, and the way he does it, you said, like you mentioned earlier, the way he just mentions the way he delivers it. And then he goes back and then the, the next verse will rhyme and you don't even really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, understand. And then this, if you're not really paying attention, it's kind of a, an adult theme, uh, a very adult theme type of song. But if, um, you know, yeah, if the average, you know, I was listening to it in the car with my kids and they didn't make heads or tails of it, sure. you know, anything, they didn't think anything of it, but, uh, yeah. And also it talks about, you know, I hope you understand. I just want a night full of man, sunny. So is he talking about Sonny, like as in Sonny, you know, Sonny Boy, or is that as the name Sonny? I think Again. it's definitely the name Sonny. I think I think it's yeah, true. me too. Yeah. So me you know, who, so who knows if Sonny got involved with the girl? You know, he he went out, he got a job. There's another mm-hmm. theory here about this. He went out, he got a job, right? He got a job at the mall, you know, at the mall playing Santa. He met he met the girl. He leaves with her because he's like. Shh, you know, there's other jobs out there. <laughs> so, you know, right. as, and so he leaves and he, you know, gets into the, um, he, he ends up, well, maybe, he, maybe that starts him on a life of, of being this drinker and a womanizer. And he get, one day he wakes up in the morning, there's a stranger in his bed. There's someone pounding on his hotel door and he wishes he was dead. You know, who knows? Uh, because if it says Sonny, you know, that's the only thing you can really think. And, and maybe, you know, if, if it's more than one person in the story, if it's the dad, if they're, let's say there is a dad and an older brother that's up in the attic or whatever. And then there's him, uh, maybe, you know, maybe the life, his mom being gone, everything drove him to drinking and, and just, you know, trying to forget about things, forget that he had a, um, you know, terrible dad. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I would always, I, got to thinking about this yesterday it was yesterday saturday and you know it talks about coming in she sits in his lap and so forth and then Mm -hmm. it goes on to talking about you know i'm looking for a a real man i'm looking for a steel man i guess Mm -hmm. it's meaning s-t-e-e-l you know as far as man is steel i'm going to show you a real good time i'll pay you double overtime or so forth and then it goes on to talk about you know of course i'm in no man's land but um it also says, come and lay on the floor with me. It's warmer by the fire and so forth. She, yeah. You mentioned this earlier. She didn't know that there was more of me. Yeah. She'd had to learn to love all four of me, but also she didn't see through my disguise. She didn't notice when he talked about the uh, thin with a delicate chin, Yeah, the softness of my skin, the scent of my other personalities. Could this very well have been a female? 
Um, or maybe a duel, you know, one of the duel um, where, you know, there's a certain thing where a person can be born with, uh, it's very rare, but, can, you know, Steve, be born. That's what I was thinking. Yes, with former Lee. Could that be former Lee with a deformity as far as both genders or what have you? Wow, in the man, that's reason even they were up in the. Yeah, I don't know. I thought about that earlier. I meant to bring that up, but you made me. You brought up something that made me think that very well. Interesting. I don't. These it's, it's sometimes I got to play me. It's really hard to stay me. Yeah, uh, I'm looking for the real me. If only I could feel me. So, yeah. does he slash she even know? Um, you know, there's four personalities. It's and it's deep. Maybe the doctor at the very beginning. When he says, I have a son, he goes, he goes, he takes good care of me. She, she takes good care of me. Yes. Maybe there the doctor go. doesn't realize, maybe that it looks like a dude, but yes. it's a, but it's a person, you know, it has the main personality of the man, but it has mm -hmm. both sides of the playing field down there. And, you know, like I said, which is odd, but maybe that's why he's like, you don't have a daughter. I, I, I do. I have a son and a daughter. I have a mm -hmm. son and a daughter. It's one person, a son and a daughter. Yes. Wow. That's uh I think we the, I think we're cracking the code here, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty heavy. It's definitely uh, uh a lot to digest and chew on, if you will. It's so great. I love this album so much and I mean even if you take away the storyline so much, it's just a it's just a good album. It's all over the place. You got you know, Fresh Blood's a really cool song. Pass the Gun Around is just a great, I wouldn't call it a ballad. It, it reminds me maybe more of Kiss, I Still Love You, compared to saying, like, Kiss Forever. You know, it's more, oh, yeah, I okay, Still yeah, Love You, yeah. a dark ballad. And, you know, I Love America's fun. Scarlet and Sheba's a rocker. Dyslexia is a fun, weird song. No Man's Land is an odd, you know, fun, weird song. Formerly Warmer is kind of a, ba a dark ballad. Enough's Enough is kind of a, it's a like, it's, it's more of a, a new wave rock light, you know? So there's just, it's just a, I think this is a great album, man. I just, like I said, this I is, agree. it's hard to say it's my favorite. Cause it's like, you know, you, you, if you, if I had to, if you had a gun to my head right now, I would absolutely say it's my favorite, but. All right. Got but you I, today I love, anyway. Right? I love a lot of other, I love, Hey, stupid. I love, um, I love brutal planet. I love dragon town. I love the eyes of Alice Cooper. I love dirty diamonds. I love paranormal. Are, you know, there's just so much good stuff. So I love Welcome to my nightmare. So, you know, I think we agree there that all of those right in that that area that you mentioned that era, except and not saying except for uh, Long Came the Spider, but that was probably my least favorite. Mm, from, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Last Temptation all the way down. Last Temptation was a really good record. Yeah, that's a good one too. I forgot to mention that one too. Yeah, yeah. But man, I think we've I think we've cracked the code. And then and I would be interested if there is anyone out there that does listen to this that makes it all the way through this that gets to this point, and you're a huge Alice Cooper fan. I would love, okay, I have an email address. It's ironmaidenpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from some people and, and, and have somebody say, hey, I think this is the theory. This is what happened. Or, wait, you're way off. It's this. Or, wow, I think you're onto something. And then throw some more ideas out there that might make both of us go, wow, yeah, there's something to that too. You know, wow. That yes. can, it's just there's so many little things you can dig around and I honestly haven't read a whole lot of the theories. I just, I've read a little bit. And so I think it makes it easier to kind of come up with a theory on your own. So 
Yeah, absolutely. But man, I'll say, I know we've been on the phone for a long time and I absolutely, um, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I really, really appreciate you taking all this time and coming on here and, uh, and talking about this amazing Alice Cooper album with me. Hey, likewise, Steve, it's uh, a pleasure as always to, to chat with you, uh, and, and to, to be on with you. Um, I appreciate all the, uh, sweat equity you put into the show and, uh, as well as, uh, Matt and Kirsty. Um, it's overall after all is one of my favorite subjects, uh, Alice Cooper. And thank you for, um, bringing, uh, more light to this, uh, un- unknown album to a-, a lot of the the world. Um, and hopefully it's going to change for a lot of people. I know it certainly has for me. It's really, uh, shed another whole light on this. Uh, it's like, kind of like I never heard it before. Uh, I'm really enjoying this ride and uh, I want to digest it. And like I said, you've got me listening to everything else from the beginning all the way to current day. So I, it's greatly appreciated. That's that's just so awesome, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Wake up watching cartoons the television's on There's a couple of party balloons and all my money's gone She was just a reason to unwind
Wakes up in the morning, there's a stranger in his bed Someone's pounding on the hotel door, he wishes he was dead I have so many plans